Good evening, we welcome you on behalf of the group. We should introduce... On the piano we have Mr. Keith Gottschall. On the drums on stage left, Mr. Mickey Hart. On bass and vocals, Mr. Philip Lesh. On rhythm guitar and vocals, Mr. Bob Weir. On the drums on stage right, Mr. Bill Kreitzman. On the vocals, Mrs. Donna Jean Gottschall. On lead guitar and vocals, Mr. Jerry Garcia. And you welcome, please, the Grateful Dead. Football Pyro Podcast, episode 14, show 156. Uh, as not per usual, I'm Houdini. Uh, sitting across the way from me, I got Dogmatica. And to my left, I got Stag Party here in the mix. And we are Pyromaniac. And this is the Fantasy Football Fire, I believe it is. Oh, it? Did I leave the fire out? You left the fire out, but that's alright. We got the fire with the Grateful Dead, and those guys always put it up. And just like your leagues, we cut out the dead weight tonight. We're one less. We're one short. We've got no, 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 no D-Rex. Now D-Rex uh, is was taking in uh, some Dirk Nowitzki tonight. Yeah, he's. Uh, this he's is giving us our, sh- our our fill of basketball off the get go too. Yeah, oh, yeah, I mean it pretty much is. Met. Yeah, I, I mean <laughs> I, I think they let him MC the game. So every shot made, every shot, you know, every block, everything. It's that's D-Rex that you hear over if you're listening to the Bulls game. Just uh, just listen for it. That's D-Rex on the uh, on the mic. So, but but anyway, this is a real important week here, fantasy football. We're uh, entering fantasy playoff time. So week 14 coming up. Uh, as per usual, we will discuss all of the matchups uh, for this week. You can follow us on NFL.com through the schedule there on NFL.com for Week 14, and um, and we'll just why don't we just kick it off and we will begin with uh, Thursday night, our Chicago Bears hosting the Dallas Cowboys. Well, uh, the the Bears are on a roll for a minute there. <laughs> Literally one minute. One minute, and then uh, then the turkeys came to town. And uh, that, that, that just didn't work out so well. Lions kept the crap out of the Bears. Um, I, I guess the Bears kept with them for the first quarter. You know, I mean, that was good to see. We were up 14-3 to at one point. And, uh, and then they were down 10 at halftime. And then did you hear when uh, they interviewed Trustman at halftime? Uh, uh, they, they, they go, so how do you feel about the first half? He's like, well, we're, we're only, it's only a 10 nothing game right now. Uh, we've been down the last two games uh, by this, so you know, we feel confident. You were up fourteen to three. Yeah, <laughs> you gave up twenty-one straight points. Yeah, yeah I mean, uh, it's uh, it, it's uh, depressing. It's the Bears. <laughs> you know, it is. It's uh, it's something we've been used to since since uh, well. But how about Alshon Jeffrey? The way that Alshon Jeffrey came out. Yeah, that would that was a good thing to see. Absolutely. Um, it, you know what? And this is a game where I can actually see Cutler. Making some moves, you know. I mean, I, I don't see him being a, a top tier, top you know five or six quarterback, but I could see him down, you know, around ten. I think he's going to be end up being a QB one for the week, if you ask me. I mean, I know that um, 
you know, I mean, D- Dallas is, Dallas's defense has gone downhill a little bit. You know, they started out pretty hot because they were controlling the ball really well. They were running the ball really well with DeMarco. Uh, DeMarco's obviously fallen off a little bit. He's he's still great. He's still a top three running back in the league, and you're going to start him every week, especially against the Bears after seeing what Joy Bell just did to him. Um, and I'll, I'll give a couple stats on that a little bit later, but we I think we all know him by now. But, um, yeah, I mean, th- this isn't going to be a, a, a ball control game. I think that the Bears are going to be throwing the ball around a little bit. I think the Dallas is going to have to throw the ball around a little bit because the Bears' rush defense is actually a little better than people think. Joy got his yards late. He got a, a touchdown that was barely a touchdown, maybe by a half inch. That ball crossed the, uh, that first touchdown he had crossed the goal line. And the second one was just a, a breakdown in, in what was going on. And the Bears were, tr- you know, trying to rush the pass a little bit, trying to keep things uh, close. And it, Bell just got through it on the, on the uh, left side there, ran it in. Yeah, you know, I was trying to think about Cutler, though. He is a, I think he's a good start this week. Yeah. Because the Cowboys, what is it, what, seven straight weeks that they've given up a 300-yard passer? Mm-hmm. So this is a team that is allowing you to, to carve them up. So that's got to bode well for Alshon Jeffrey. It should also bode well for Brandon Marshall. We saw, finally, Martellus Bennett really pick up his game, and he even had a big play that got called back by a penalty yeah. last week as well. That's true. So yeah, I mean, putting up over 100 yards for, for a tight end, isn't the easiest thing to do. You don't see it very often. Um, somebody like Martellus, he can do it. He's going to be going against uh, his old team, and that's uh, right. That's uh, that's always something to consider. To a lot, you know, a lot of players love going against their old teams. They usually put up some good some good stats. I mean, the Cowboys are pretty much as average as can be on defense at this point in the season. Yeah. Uh, in terms of fantasy points allowed, uh, they're pretty much dead average across the board, and you're not going to be you know, afraid to not start anybody against them. Uh, and you're definitely going to want to start a Martellus Bennett this week. They're giving up like, over 10 points a game to uh, opposing tight ends, so he's definitely a good option there. Uh, yeah. Second worst in the league, I think, uh, Dallas is. Uh, in, top uh, three, bottom three, three yeah. you know, however you want to think about it. But, you know, they're definitely terrible against tight ends. They're a team you want to pick on if you're playing some matchups. Uh, and then, you know, pretty much everybody else in the Bears is kind of, a, you know, pretty pretty solidified as the start. Jeffries, you know, maybe a must start as a wide receiver, too. Uh, same with Marshall at this point. And then, you know, Cutler... 10 to 15 quarterback. If you've got a better option, you think, use him. But if not, which you probably don't at this point in the season, he's definitely going to be one of the guys you look for. So what about Forte, though? Because Forte is coming off worst performance. <laughs> well, uh, you know, I mean, that's, and that's now, Detroit. But, but no, no, I understand. And you have Dallas, who just let LaShawn McCoy rumble on him for over 130 yards in touchdown. Absolutely. I, I do like um, Forte this week. Maybe... I don't see him being a, a top two or three back this week, to be to be quite honest. Um, it wouldn't shock me if the Bears got down a little bit, maybe. I, I see Dallas maybe controlling the ball a little bit in the first half. Uh, it's going to be in Chicago, so it's a whole different story. Romo is not his at his greatest on the road, and it's going to be in cold weather. Um, so I, I definitely see this being um, I don't know, a game where... I, I don't know. Chicago, I think, is going to have to play a little catch-up. They're going to be throwing the ball around a little bit. And they can do it against this Dallas defense. The Dallas defense, is, is like we were just saying, has not been all that great. Um, Chicago, we threw out a, uh, a question on Facebook earlier this week on who are the four defenses That's that right. have not given up a 100-yard rusher this year. 
two. Uh, I mean, obviously, it's not going to be an easy question to answer. If you're going to throw out four defenses that haven't given up a 100-yard rusher, you're going to throw out the best defenses. Um, Arizona was definitely was one of them, and that was pretty much a, a no-brainer. Right. Um, but that uh, the last one that we were talking about that nobody got that you know everybody threw out Detroit, which uh, you know was a good call. Buffalo would have been a good call, but they had given up a hundred-yard rusher. Um, there's a couple other defensive people throughout there just to, for shits and giggles. The Bears. It's amazing, right? They were so bad against the run last year. It's Historically unreal. bad. Historically bad. You would never have thunk that they were the one defense that one of the four in the league right now after 13 weeks that has not given up 100 yard rusher. Still, even with what Joy Bell did last week, 91 yards against them or 93 or whatever it was, that was the highest they'd had against right. them all year. Granted, he had two touchdowns, but still, I mean, that's, that's extremely impressive. Crazy. Yeah. Uh, so, how about Des Bryant here? So, Des, he doesn't get himself uh, in, in the end zone last week. He uh, only had, the second week in a row now that he hasn't had 100 yards, he's only had 100-yard game in his last five. So, this is fantasy playoff times. Against this Bears defense, it should be good times. Yeah, oh, of course. Um, I'll tell you right now that the Bears do give it up to the bigger, stronger wide receivers. And wide receiver ones tend to be... Uh, making some big moves against these, this Bears defense. I, I do like a Des Bryant this week, big time. Um, I know it's cold. I know Romo doesn't work as well in the cold. He doesn't work as well away from home. But I, I can't see Des not having a great game. I mean, I absolutely agree. Calvin Johnson put it on the Bears uh, last week. Just dismantled every defensive back. 11-146 and two touchdowns. They tried putting on him. It was just, you know, a show. Des Bryant is one of those physical freaks who's going to do it against the Bears this week. Uh, you know, the Bears are got small corners, let's face it. You know, they don't have any kind of size at the cornerback position. Nothing to worry about there. They're giving up twenty, you know, nearly 25 points a game to opposing wide receivers. But, you know, who else is going to have a nice game is, you know, Jason Witten. Who's facing the absolutely anemic Bears tight end defense. And if... There's who are going to be also without Lance Briggs, who's gone for the rest of the season. Lance Briggs is definitely gone for the season and might have played his last down as a Chicago I Bear. I believe he has. Yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's too bad. It's one of those situations where, listen, you, you love the guy your whole career, his whole career. Um, he's been incredible for the Bears. He's been incredible for the Bears' defense for, for you know over a decade now. But it, there does come a point for every linebacker where you're done. James Cameron is directing Aquaman? That's great. That, that's awesome. That's awesome, huh? You didn't think to bring it up in the fucking staff meeting? An email? No. A yellow fucking sticky something? I didn't know I was supposed to know that kind of stuff. Well, what is it you're supposed to know, do you think, huh? I'm... What the fuck do we pay you for? I... To get your agency card laminated so you can go to shelter and try to fuck Misha Barton? I, you didn't, I didn't think I, I didn't... Let me tell you something. You, you don't have to say anything. You know why? Because you pick up all your stuff because you're motherfucking fired. Well, it was a good time for Lance, but it hasn't been a good season this year. And no, definitely he, and not. He and he's not leaving on great terms with Bear fans either, I don't think. No, the Bears' defense has actually done better this year every game he's been out. Yeah. Just so you know. Let's, let's, get, let's cover one more guy, and then we'll move to the next game. Terrence Another, Williams? Yeah, the guy who is... This is an interesting guy from, from a fantasy perspective. He was so effective uh, earlier in the season. Uh, we know now, that, you know, you said uh, mentioned to us last week that he was dealing with a... Broken tip of his Bro- finger. Yeah, broken fingertip. And um, he still did have two catches last week, but only targeted four times. But uh, he is practicing in full now. He is going to be a full goal for this game. Um, th- I mean, does that mean a ton? 
Not, not, not tremendously, but he's still a threat. I mean, especially against these small corners. Yeah. And also, in other news, DeMarco Murray apparently banged his ex-college roommate's running back mate's wife recently. Um, Wait. And he's going to be the first to have 100 yards against the Bears this season. Yeah, I, I could definitely <laughs> see that. I, listen, when you bang your, your ex-roommate in college? Was his it? college roommate, who's also a running back mate, uh, you know, his... In backfield mate. Uh, backfield at, mate, yeah, yeah, okay. at Oklahoma. His wife. Smoking hot wife. Holy cow. I thought it was, who, you know, he banged his, his father's sister's roommate's cousin's uncle. Oh, no. Roommate. So what does that make <laughs> okay. us? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> Spaceballs. There you go. All right, let's go on to, uh, we got Pittsburgh. A divisional matchup at Cincinnati. And uh, uh, really a must game for Pittsburgh if they uh, if they want to uh, have a chance at the division here against against the Bengals. Yeah, um, well, you know what, Roethlisberger has not done very well against the Bengals in in recent past at least. Last few years, um, I mean, his best fancy game I think was twelve point six points against them. Um, this being at Cincinnati, I don't see it being all that much better. He's definitely been. Uh, and it's not an anomaly, but it, I mean the guy has been outstanding this year. The guy is a lot better than people think. I've been, you know, we've been saying it for a long time, um, but I just don't. I don't see it happening this game. Um, Antonio Brown is incredible in, in, in you know in his own right. Mart- uh, Martavis Bennett, uh, Martavis uh, Bryant is having a little trouble progressing past. The long, you know, big touchdowns and his. You know, listen, the guy's got upper tier speed. He's got upper tier uh, measurables. You know, being six foot four. You know, he's got those long, uh, you know, rangy arms that can that can grab balls out of nowhere. But I don't know. I, this this Cincinnati pass defense has been pretty darn effective lately. They've only given up three passing touchdowns in the last five games. Wow. So I, I don't see Ben having the biggest game. I don't see the receivers having the biggest game. Uh, I mean, you're gonna start. Antonio Brown. There's but see, no but isn't Brown isn't Brown the anomaly? Isn't he the guy that just doesn't matter? I mean, he's, he's one pretty, of those guys where it really doesn't matter. You know, even true. if even if Roethlisberger is only going to throw for 180 yards in the game, 100 and something is going to go to Brown. Seven. Nine, at least 90. Seven. Yeah. You know, he's at least getting 90 minimum, yeah. <laughs> and probably a touchdown. <laughs> yeah, ex- exactly. I mean, the, the the guy that we should really be talking about in Pittsburgh, who's going to dominate. I, I don't want to say he's going to dominate, dominate, but. He's going to have an awesome game. Is is Le'Veon Bell? I mean, the yeah. guy is the, probably the biggest stud running back in the league right now. He is taking on a full load, more of a load than anybody else in the league um, has seen in a long time. Um, even with what uh, Aaron Foster did in the past, um, what Lynch was doing in the past. If you were to combine what Bell has done the last couple of games, it would be more carries, more touches than what go, those guys were doing over the last six, seven years. Yep. So, I, I mean. And he's going to do it. He's going to be fine. He's going to be great in this game. Cincinnati used to have an incredibly strong rush defense, but they've fallen off yeah. quite a bit lately. Just uh, like Geno's Atkins' ACL. Yeah, uh, injuries, obviously, is what I was going to say. It's been a big part of that. But you can run on, on Cincinnati, and that's what Pittsburgh's going to do this week. They're not going to depend on Big Ben to get his, you know, he already had his two six-touchdown games this year. You're not going to see that again. It's getting late in the season. He's playing interdivision rivals. So he did throw for over 400 yards last week. <laughs> he did. <laughs> you know, I mean, but it, it was necessary to have that happen. It still didn't put up the big touchdowns or anything. Two touchdowns, I mean, right. yeah. Um, good game, but not incredible game. Uh, 
By the way, Bulls, Mavericks, going in overtime. There you go. <laughs> 1.2 seconds left. Up 108-105. Kirk Heinrich fouls. Uh, who who did he foul? Uh, Monta Ellis oh. <laughs> from the three point land. Oh Sunk all free three, all three free throws. I'll bet you now this game will go to like three overtimes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We were we were expecting D-Rex back for possibly a second half. We'll see what happens. Um, anyway, so uh, back to the game on the Bengals side. Uh, actually, I want to mention one more thing about Pittsburgh. I didn't expect Heath Miller to do anything last week. He was going up against the best. Yeah, the best. Um, Defense against yes, tight ends, yeah. and he pulled off a, a gem. I mean, I don't know how many catches it was, like seven or eight catches, 80-something yards. Not easy to do. Not easy to do against that team. So, um, impressive. This is another team that um, was terrible against tight ends to begin with, but is a top three uh, defense against tight ends in the last five weeks. So, I've only given up like 100-and-something yards in total in the last five weeks. Uh, against tight ends and no touchdowns. So, I mean, a very impressive uh, turnaround by Cincinnati. They're normally good against tight ends. I think yeah. the beginning of the year was a bit of an anomaly. Um, so, well, Heath I mean, Miller, lots, I wouldn't... Lots of injuries with yeah. the linebacking core at the beginning of the season. Exa- exactly. And now they're just, you know, starting to hit their stride, get a little healthier. Uh, you know, Maluga being back along with... Uh, Perfect. Uh, Perfect. I think is still injured, but uh, but you know potentially coming back in the next couple weeks, he's really going to help their defense. Uh, and, you know some other things along those lines. These guys, you know the the Bengals are starting to you know find their stride again. Uh, you know we could talk about their backfield a little bit. You know how that's kind of turned out into a straight you know sort of fifty fifty split. It, it's a it's a straight. Uh, mind fuck for all fantasy owners on, on this one, and I'm a guy who owns Jeremy Hill in a bunch of leagues and uh, Bernard and Hill in a couple leagues. What do you do? Because up until this last week, you would have go- you were still going Hill, and Geo now in his second game back, he looked better uh, when you watch him actually run with the ball. Um, he had 49 yards on 10 carries after only averaging 2.6 yards a carry uh, the week before. But again, not getting enough carries, you know. So the days of him getting the twenty touches, where Hills was getting the seven to ten touches, it's that's not happening anymore. No. It's a straight share, and they're basically just kind of alternating series, or you know, you go two series, then you go two series. So it's infuriating because your guy's not on the field enough. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. And I mean, I assume that you're probably going to talk about the same thing, Hugh Jackson, uh, the offensive coordinator for for uh, the Bengals. Uh, was really animated about what happened with Jeremy Hill. I mean, Hill, after the game, um, kind of put blame elsewhere besides himself. Uh, he was uh, he was not happy uh, with uh, his uh, tackle-breaking ability and stuff like that. Uh, Hill, uh, I don't know, after the game, I guess, he was upset with um, the amount of carries that he got and the game plan. So he was mouthing off to the media? He was mouthing off to the media. Oh, not boy. smart for a rookie. Especially for a rookie. I mean, if, if you're an established veteran, you can maybe get away with saying a thing or two, and you learn how to phrase things over time, so you can say it without actually throwing anybody under the bus. But Hill... Was he throwing the coaching staff under the bus, or was he throwing his teammates under the bus? No, it was more the coaching staff. He didn't like the game plan. So, so basically, what you're, what you're, I'm assuming what you're about to say, then, is if you're looking at it for this week... Bet on Geo. I would bet on, I would bet on Geo a little bit more this right. week. Obviously, let's make a statement because the only way you make a statement to a player is either by cutting him or you know uh, not letting him play, 
which then, you know, and, and just taking away his carries. You just don't give him touches, message gets received. Yeah. There's two ways to make yeah, notes to players. You fuck with their money or you fuck with their PT. Mm-hmm. And that's Period. just facts. That's, that's, that's just fact. <laughs> that, that's a true, like, football, working in football statement. Like, it's been the same all way All the coaches since, have said that. It's been the same always. way since BC, before Christ. Jeremy Hill's going to get back and he's going to ask him, you know, how'd it go? How'd the fucking Bay of Pigs go, Lloyd? <laughs> didn't go well for you. Yeah, it didn't go so well. So yeah, AJ so. Green is still gonna, you know, how, you know, what's his history against Pittsburgh because this is his division rival, and you know, and Dalton, you know, let's, I'm gonna tie these two in together because Andy Dalton has been atrocious, and and the Bengals are winning just in spite of him right now. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, there definitely comes a point where um, t- teams take things t- on their own. You know, I mean, regardless of the way that one player is playing or another player is playing, if a player that you normally depend on, um, if you're a good team and a player you normally de- depend on uh, isn't playing so well, a good team rallies around the team itself mm-hmm. and uh, rises above it. And that's what Cincinnati's doing at this point. Think about this. They've won, what is it now, three games in a row, but their last two games, Andy Dalton's thrown two touchdowns and four interceptions. And they won last week when he threw three interceptions. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and that's going to happen. That's going to happen. A.J. Green in the past, um, if, if I remember correctly, I'm, I'm not entirely sure, but I, th- I think has, has not all the, done all that well against Pittsburgh, but it was mostly because Ike Taylor was at his, at his, in his prime and playing a lot better than he's obviously. Well, Ike Taylor, did, I mean, you, did you see when he got pissed off and uh, he, he, the late hit and then it was uh, the jarring match? Did you see that in the game last week? No, yes. I missed yeah. it. So who is it? Very, very so Joe Morgan pushed him or whatever. Then and <laughs> Joe then he Morgan. and then he got uh, <laughs> yeah. and then he got into his grill and then uh, it was like right at the goal line. It was like it was, really yeah. yeah. I mean, interestingly, he enough, lost his cool. Basically, I mean, it was he because they were getting beat. You know, this was how many touchdowns the Saints were throwing on him. Yeah, and, five. And he, yeah, he, he, he lost he lost his mind a little bit. In that well, point. I mean when. When you were one of the elite players, and all of a sudden you're getting beat like you know somebody stole something from someone, <laughs> you know, it's just uh, it it happens, and I I I can't blame them for getting all all freaked out and and, and you know going after somebody on on New Orleans. But so well, here's your here's your Pittsburgh. If you want uh, AJ Green's history, so six games, he's got 33 catches for 381 yards, an average of 63 and a half yards per game, and only three touchdowns. Yeah. Not so good. And he doesn't even catch half his targets. Yeah. He's gotten 69, 69 targets. targets. Yeah. So well, expect, a, expect a good volume of targets. I expect him to do well against recent history just because, you know. The targets are there. The targets are there. And nobody on Pittsburgh is what they used to be. Exactly. The facts are facts. Yeah. I mean, James Harrison's what he used to be. How did that happen? Oh God! He picked I, up off the street, and then he's just—he looks like the defensive player of the year again. Yeah, nah, I mean, it, it, in, spurts. in spurts, in spurts, in spurts. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, I mean, <laughs> yeah. not not the same way he used to be quite, but I mean, he has his games, that's for sure. Um, but Pittsburgh could definitely be beat on the on the defensive side of the ball. I expect AJ Green to have a really good game in this one. Uh, Wouldn't shock me if Sanu had a pretty good game as well. Um, I, this being in Cincinnati. I think that uh, Gio has a, a pretty good game. Um, 
if you're playing, you know, a point every 10 yards in receiving and rushing, I think Gio's your guy for sure. He's going to have a good game all the way around. Um, I don't expect him to have 100 yards in either respect, but I could see, uh, you know, 60 and 60 or 70 and 60 and possibly a touchdown in there as well. That could be a really nice game for Gio. You know who else is going to have a good game? Oh, I'll bet I know who it is. To Bell What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> you know, I... <laughs> That's oh, a, Ari. That's a really good question. <laughs> yeah, so if you haven't figured it out already, we have Ari Gold is with us tonight. So, yes. uh, uh, super agent uh, extraordinaire. Yeah. So, we got anything else to say on this game? No, Valverde. Valverde snuck in. <laughs> <laughs> totally snuck, snuck Always a sneaky sneak. Yeah. Uh, well, let's go to a real barn burner of a game. You got the St. Louis Rams at the Washington Redskins. The Washington Redskins, who. <laughs> Uh, maybe without Deshaun Jackson in this game, who looked like he hurt himself earlier in the game last week, then caught a touchdown, and then got hurt again. Um, and Colt McCoy, who quietly looking like a pretty decent quarterback, uh, had a 300-yard passing game at, well, 383 yards, if I'm not mistaken, and three touchdown passes. All right, I got, I got two things to say Go. on exactly what you were talking about right there. First of all, Colt McCoy... When he first came into the league, I'm going to say it, and I've said it before, I'll say it again, I thought he was the next coming of Drew Brees. It's starting to look that way. <laughs> I'll tell you that. It took a while for it to happen, but he is really starting to look pretty darn good as a quarterback. He's very poised in the pocket. He gets out of situations where the... Three like, sacks on one play. Yeah. Three it, sacks on one play. It was, it was freaking unbelievable. <laughs> um, so, I mean, yeah, Colt McCoy, listen, I don't expect him to be the next coming of Drew Brees. Um, I don't see that quite yet, uh, but he is a but lot he, better, and people give him credit for And he's taken to his second chance, right? Because think about this. How many guys that are drafted that highly at quarterback fail in their first opportunity, really get a legitimate – because he didn't get a legitimate second chance. They never get a legitimate second chance, but when you get that chance, have taken advantage of it. Yeah. There's, the list is I don't even, I can't even tell you what that list is because it's got to be su- super small. Well, yeah, I mean, here's the thing um, with the Washington Redskins at this point. This is a team that actually has a passing offense that is built to succeed mm-hmm. for the passer, and RG three just isn't a passer yet. He's not somebody who can really withstand the rigors of being an NFL quarterback. You need somebody who's experienced, somebody who's heady, somebody who understands what's going on within the offense. Kirk Cousins, I think, did that pretty darn well. He's mistake-prone, though. He takes too many chances, uh, too many ill-advised passes. I love the kid. The guy went to Michigan State. You guys know I'm a huge fan of anybody in Michigan State. But he he, he does take too many chances. He tried to prove himself too much. Mm -hmm. If he was to take a step back from uh, from doing that, I think that he would remain the starting quarterback the rest of the year. Colt McCoy is a little headier. He just understands things a little bit better, um, and he's taking it to that next level. And there were 392 passing yards, by the way, that he had. Whatever, what, I mean, whatever the case, anything over 350 is amazing for amazing. a little white guy like that. Anyway, to go on to the second guy that you were talking about, that's Deshaun Jackson. What happened to him was fucking criminal. If you saw the, what happened... That was the first... That was the one where... That he came back from and played again after that. Yeah, the, the defensive back yes. that was on the sideline, faked getting hit hard went down in a tumble and rolled himself into the back of Deshaun's leg, 
which I thought was one of the biggest cheap shots. He did it purposely, and you could tell that he did it purposely. Now, I am not a Deshaun Jackson fan, but that was crap, and I do not like seeing that happen to any NFL player. You, what you have to deal with on the field it's is enough. It's right. You're it's a, it's right. an absolute enough. But to deal with it on the sideline after plays over, for somebody to pull a cheap shot like that, that I mean, I hope they look at that uh, in the NFL films, uh, uh, in the upper tiers of stuff and I hope that guy gets fined like crazy you want to know what suspended he probably won't game. because you want to know he'll give you another guy that comes to mind a cheap shotter will do anything at any point in time has gotten chances chances with multiple multiple teams and gets away with it all the time Brandon F. and Merriweather Oh, gosh, for, uh, my God, that guy should have been thrown on the league five uh, years ago. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, how many, I, I, I mean, you know, he would have fit perfectly on a Buddy Ryan team back in the day. Oh, absolutely. I <laughs> mean, it's, you know what, what goes around comes around, the guy constantly gets injured now. So now let's, let's, let's roll through the, the rest of this game pretty quick. Yeah, I agree. Go ahead, Stan. What, I mean, what about, we got Trey Mason going off, but he's going up against a tough run defense. So this is definitely going to be a you know different kind of test for him. Uh, you know, going against Oakland sometimes, you know, they're not necessarily bad against the run, but you could just some games tear them apart. They have been like uh, part of some of the biggest rushing fantasy games yes, in, in the past couple years. I mean, even the muscle hamster who looks like you know the muscle crampster right now tore them apart for fifty four points. Yeah, you know, a couple years back. And, you know, there's just, you know, going up against this tough Washington defense who's not as tough in the recent weeks, but, you know, they're still a tougher, stingier run defense because they like to play, you know, closer to the box. I think this game is going to be, you know, a pretty tight one because, you know, these team styles kind of play to each other's strengths. Uh, you know, are you worried about Sean Hill or, you know, Sean Hill to Kenny Britt or Stedman Bailey or whoever the flavor of the week is? getting 100 yards over there in St. Louis, but I'm not willing to bet on any of those guys and play any of those guys at that point. But it, can you sit a Trey Mason this week? Well, no, it, it's really hard to. I mean, first of all, he also had the longest touchdown run in the franchise history of, of the Rams. Now, think about that, because e- e- even in recent vintage, Marshall Falk, um, Eric Dickerson... 89 yards, he, he longer than any of those guys. Steven Jackson. Steven Jackson. Yeah. You know, I so, mean, they've had some good running backs. They've had some good running that, backs that, here. Pretty, that is impressive. Good. Pretty good. I mean, and he, dude, holy shit, that kid is quick. He, you know, yeah. And, and again, he, he does play bigger than his size. They list him at 5'9". He ain't 5'9". No. No. <laughs> no. Yeah, I mean, he has a, definitely he, he doesn't he look 5'9". Right. He thick, though. Right. Over 200 pounds. Almost 210 pounds. So... He carries a load, and the thing was the whole thing was, was about the blocking issue with him. Well, they they've covered that up because the way that they use him, he's really not out there in, in blocking yeah. type situations anymore. No, you so, can do that anymore. No, you right. can do that. You don't have to have him on the field for passing down. This is no. the key in fantasy football. Even though he had a fifty-seven yard passing uh, yeah. receiving touchdown, right? right. Too. Oh, fucker. Well, no, no. But, By the way, I, I do want to mention that guy may have knocked me out of the playoffs this year. Yeah, I, I, I lost by. Six points. I had 145 points. I had Andrew Luck go berserk for me, and I got beat by Trey Mason basically this week. That guy was the guy was insane this last week. You yeah, know? and and on 14 carries, 117 yards. This is the thing about him. This is why he is so impressive uh, in fantasy, and this is what matters most in fantasy. When you get the ball, do you have a chance to take it to the end zone anytime? 
And if you do, then you are that much more valuable in fantasy football. Absolutely. And especially at the running back position, because there are so many guys out there that are going to get 20 carries in the week uh, in a game, and their longest run is going to go for 12 yards at best. Yeah. You know, guys like, you know, you know Alfred Morris. Right. Or even like years ago when he was a starter, Sean Green. You know, this, sure. this is all you're going to get from them. This is a guy that he may only give you 10 carries in the game, but can do like what Latavius Murray did with four carries. Oh, my God. <laughs> Which, by the way, um, I think he just passed. Uh, he still hasn't technically been cleared yet, but they're hopeful he'll be cleared for this week. Yeah, that, I, I would expect him to play. We'll talk about him a little bit later. By the way, the Redskins um, have been an awesome, in general, team against the run this year, but over the last like five weeks, they've given up a couple of... Big, big games. Trey Mason's the exact type of guy that I, I expect to have uh, it, one of those big runs. It just kind of does it. You know, I mean, they've given up a couple of 20 pointers, I think, in the last five weeks uh, to running backs, which yeah, ain't well, easy to do. They, uh, DeMarco Murray uh, uh, ran for 141 yards against them. He scored over 20 points. You had uh, Matt Asiata. Who had three touchdowns? The three touchdown game. Touchdown game. Yeah, yeah. Them. Vulture. Um, Vulture. So, Fuck. But then, even over their last two games, they've, they've given up. Um, you know, they gave up a touchdown last week to uh, to, to Boom Heron. Yeah. And they gave up a touchdown on eight, eight carries, eighty-eight yards. Eight yeah. for eighty-eight. Eight for eighty-eight. Yeah. Now, Trent Richardson had eight for twelve. I'm just saying. <laughs> um, that and, is a guy who can't take it to the. To, no, he cannot take it to the house from anywhere. And Carlos Hyde the week before also rushed for a touchdown again. So they've given up a rushing touchdown each of the last two weeks. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, which was not something that they had done like in the early part of the season. They were dominant, and they're still a dominating run defense. Yeah. But they can be had by good running backs who can who can break one off. I wouldn't expect yeah, Boom Aaron to be able to do that again. But they've only given up two hundred yard rushing games on the season. Yeah, yeah. And one came in the opening uh, opener against Arian Foster, yeah, and the other Aaron. one, as I mentioned, against Demarco Murray. Yeah. So. What about the receivers uh, for the for the Rams? Um, you know what I mean. It's, Stedman Bailey's decent. Um, I want to talk about him for a second. That's fine. I put put him in the waiver wire pickups this week, and he was in there a couple weeks ago. He's not a bad waiver wire pickup. No. Especially PPR. Because he's got got potential going forward because he can make those plays, and and I do believe that he's been targeted a lot more over the last two weeks. Oh, yeah. He's really become a much bigger part of their offense, and and that's really what's helping him out. Uh, Tavon Austin is gimmicky. And and they're looking for someone else, and especially once the Brian Quick went down, you got Kenny Britt who's acting as number one. But Stephen Bailey has has kind of jumped and took over that number two role uh, in the offense. And as I said, you know, being targeted as fifteen targets in the last two weeks. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's more than uh, Kenny Britt and T. Von Austin combined in the last two weeks oh, in terms uh, of targets. Absolutely, Chicago did Dallas. Second overtime. Ah, uh-huh, right. <laughs> one more, one more, one more. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, but you're not going to feel comfortable starting any of those guys this week, uh, you know, in your fancy playoffs. Uh, maybe in your one-week daily leagues, you know, might be worth a play. But besides that, you're not going to look for these guys to be consistent contributors. Uh, they're boomer bust players, you know, for the rest of the season until somebody proves something. So yeah, better water throwing to him, maybe. But what happens? What happens? Okay. Hill. So let's. But let's talk. Okay. But I want to talk about Stephen Bailey in this sense, though, because you're saying about fantasy playoffs, and you're right. In in, in, in a ten team fantasy league, no, you're not going to be playing him. Twelve team league uh, depends on how how deep benches are. Fourteen team league now, 
You may be sitting here going, I got a flex question, and this is where he comes in. Yeah, so, maybe. So you look at him, and, you know, I, it, 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 here's the kind of trajectory that he's kind of going on right now. And, and a guy that's hot, I mean, that's 189 yards in his last two games with 100 yards that he had last week. Most of the damage has come early in the games for him, though. So, you know, but if you look at his trajectory, it's kind of like what Jarvis Landry was doing earlier this year. But he's actually getting more yards. So, but, you know, you're getting those looks. Those looks are important. And, again, against a team like Washington, this is not a good team. No, Washington has given up the, the, the six most fancy points. The Colts scored points. how many against them? Yeah, <laughs> six most uh, fancy points to wide receivers this year. Fourth most in the last five weeks. Um, yeah, Washington can't, can't cover wide receivers. So, I mean, you're right. It's a, it's a legitimate question if you're playing in, in uh, 12, 14, 16-man leagues for sure. But I mean, if you're if you're in a ten man league, I wouldn't even think about a, a St. Louis wide receiver. I, I, I would think about, and it's weird to say, but because there's so much parity after like the top three or four tight ends, there's so much parity. I would almost think about starting a Jared Cook or something like that against this Washington defense. They've never been very good against tight ends. They continue to not all be be all that great against tight ends this year, giving up the fifth most amount of points to tight ends. So, I mean, that's, that's an idea. Uh, I wouldn't stretch it and say, oh, God, i got to have Jared Cook on my team, but it's not a bad call. All right, does anybody have anything to say about Sean Hill or we're moving on? No, let's move on. Okay. Uh, next game, we got the New York Giants at the Tennessee Titans. And you gave me the news Ugh. today, uh, <laughs> though, that was depressing, especially because if you're looking at a guy with a matchup for the first week in your playoffs at running back, you had it this week. Yes, yes. Um, Rashad Jennings, um, looking like it, he may not play. Uh, they just signed Chris Ogbanaya. Ogbanaya? I'm not going to play you. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I, just signing him in general is a bad, you know, it's a bad yeah. omen. Obviously, they, they're thinking that it's, it's possible that Jennings ain't going to play. Which would be a real bummer because this is a big game. This, I mean, this is obviously huge for fantasy owners, but I mean, you're going against one of the worst, if not the worst, you know, rush defense in the entire league in Tennessee. So that's a real bummer. Um, on the flip side of things, if you want to talk about the other injury real quick, I know you're going to go back to Jennings, but real quick, uh, Justin Hunter is out for the year. They that was a nasty hit. That Lacerated was, split. That was a, I mean, he went down in a buckle, and I mean, I would... I, I was bad. amazed that they didn't call a penalty on it, but again, it was a legitimate because I thought they were going to call defenseless Defense, receiver. Defenseless receiver. That's you know, what I thought too. But it was a clean hit. It but was. he was what he was just exposed. Oh and god, that was to me. That's a textbook definition of defenseless receiver tackle. But he wasn't going because the defender was not going for the ball. You know what that is? Is that is a receiver who doesn't have the vision yet. Of being able to understand where a play, where defenders are, where they're coming from, and what you have to do to avoid a hit like that. That's a young receiver who hasn't had enough playing time and enough experience in the NFL to cover himself up or jump a different way or do something different to avoid a hit like that. And and it's too bad because he is out for the year. That's I mean that was nasty. I I mean. He's going to maybe be afraid for the next couple of years, and that's too bad. Especially with, with young quarterbacks throwing him the ball mm-hmm. that are not very accurate and can't read defenses themselves. That's a fact. But the guy who benefited from that was Kendall Wright. Oh, obviously. A- absolutely. Real quick, we'll go to Kendall Wright, but yeah. you had something to say about Jennings, I, I, I'm pretty sure. I mean, I just kind of, we're going to get to see this 
potentially we're going to get to see Andre Williams again. After a couple games, you know, on the back burner, is he going to be better? It, you know, this is such a great matchup. Where where do you think you're going to have him ranked this week, dog? Is he going to be a top 15 play? If, well, if it comes out that, that Jennings is not playing. Not playing. Um, I, I don't think he's going to play. You know, I don't think you signed Chris Ogmanaya for no reason. Um, I, I, so, will, assuming Jennings doesn't play, I don't think he's... I can't say that he's top 15, but he's in that zone, for sure. I think he's a guy Everybody's you have to start. in that zone this season. That's true. That, 14 that, that's to true. 25. Well, no, no. <laughs> but for, for the week, though, you're, for a guy like him, I know what you're saying. Against this Tennessee defense, yeah. you have a chance. And Williams has three touchdowns in his last five games. Yeah, and well, here's the thing: is that you can run, and and this is what you have to consider um, when you're doing rankings and stuff. There's so many things to consider that so many people don't think about. Tennessee is one of those types of defense, and I look at this for every single defense and every single team. Can you run straight ahead against them, or do you have to have speed to be able to get to corners? Is this a type of defense where you can go up the middle, go up the gut, because they don't have the strongest interior defense? It is. There's somebody that you can run strong against. Yeah. And with, with that type of offensive line, pushing forward the way that they do, they can do that. And that's what Andre Williams does. It's not a great offensive line, but they can push forwards. And that's exactly what they're going to do against Tennessee. And, and that's exactly what they should do. Because Andre Williams is not a guy that can take the ball outside. I'll, no. give, I'll give you, you know, I was watching my, my, my Iowa Hawkeyes who suffered a, a tough loss again this week. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, yeah, it's okay. I believe it. They, they fired Bo Pelini in Nebraska, yet they won't fire, uh, you know, never, never fire Kirk Ferentz in Iowa. It's 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 the Hayden Fry syndrome all over again. So, but they, they have a, a running back there that's very similar uh, when you watch him to Andre Williams. Not you did see who got fired today, right? Who? Michigan. Brady Hoke? Oh, Brady Hoke. Yes. Yeah, I'm sure everybody that, that Everyone knew that one was coming. Yeah, I mean, so, it should have happened yeah. probably about six weeks ago. But, but they have a, you know, not saying, I'm not, I'm not saying this guy has anywhere the skill level of Andre Williams, but he runs similarly. Mark Weissman, he's a big, bruising guy. Yeah. He needs to run north-south. He needs to keep his shoulders parallel to the line of scrimmage and be running north-south. Yep. That's what Andre Williams needs to do. He's, he's not breaking long runs. His longest run of the season is 23 yards. Yeah. So... But the Titans, like you're saying, this is a nice opportunity. I do think that's four times as long as Trent Richardson's run. Yeah. <laughs> the top run. <laughs> anyway. But, um, that, but this is a defense that will give him those opportunities. Yeah, absolutely. And if Jennings is gone, then he is the bona fide man in the red zone. And the way that Eli Manning has been inconsistent this season, if he's not throwing the ball to Odell Beckham, he'll be giving the ball to Andre Williams. The, the thing is, is that the Giants do have... Um, the threat of the pass, especially with what Beckham's been doing. Um, I know that Randall got benched last week, um, and I think that's just a one-week thing. Uh, I think he'll be back in the starting lineup, and he'll be back playing every down again. Uh, but but they do have that threat. And Larry Don- Donnell, Donald, mm-hmm. whatever, Larry Donnell, listen, that fumbling problem of his is awful. That is something that, I mean, you wonder why this guy had never made a name for himself before. This might be the reason. That guy cannot hold on to the ball. Every time he gets tackled low, he has to throw out his arms to hold himself (laughs) up. And there goes the ball every freaking time. I mean, have you noticed that? Every time he fumbles, it's the same exact play. Go low on him. He has to throw the ball away so he can hold himself up. I mean, that's exactly why he's such a great red zone threat. He doesn't have to worry about holding on to the ball after he catches it. There you go. (laughs) 
Just get the two feet down. You can throw the ball anywhere you want. It doesn't go. matter. There you go. So, I mean, but yes, I, I do believe that Andre Williams would be a very good play this week, um, assuming that Jennings is out because there is the threat of the pass. They can't just bunch up the zone uh, to, to, play, to play against Williams. Um, and I do believe that uh, Beckham will be a good play this week. The quick outs, the quick passes can actually work against Tennessee. If, if you're looking for time against them, they'll eventually get to, get to you. You don't, want to, you don't want to take a lot of time against the defense, but that's not what the Giants do. The Giants are a quick hitch offense now. They're very different than what they used to be in the past. They're a quick hitch. You want to get that ball out of their hands, and that's what uh, Eli has been doing. He's had his troubles, but he's had his really good games. This could be one of those games where I think Eli, I think the whole Giants offense actually has a pretty darn good game when I think about it. I mean, I don't see anybody having really that bad of a game. Even Donnell, Tennessee isn't all that great against tight ends either. Granted, he, he may be so in the So you're, see, you're bit, seeing potentially, see, I, it's, it's surprising because Tennessee, um, you know, last week they went against Houston. You would have expected that they're going to run the ball all over them. And Ryan Fitzpatrick has the game of his life. Game of anybody's life. 358 yards, six touchdowns. I mean, that is that is the most uncallable, unforeseen anomaly. I, I don't know. I, I haven't seen that in football in a long time. Six touchdowns so, by a guy who throws six touchdowns in ten weeks. Right, right. He had not, had, he had not thrown for more than 300 yards all season. Not thrown for more than 258, I don't think. He hadn't thrown yeah. for more than two touchdowns in, in, in a game. And I think only threw for two touchdowns, I think it was like in three games this season. So Yeah, and I called one of them. <laughs> That's right. But he didn't throw for 250 yards. But I didn't throw for 250 yards. Yeah. So you, you look at this, though. The guy who's, who this tells me I'm all in on this week again is Odell Beckham. You know, he, he, he didn't get the touchdown last week. He was still targeted eight times, caught seven of them for 90 yards, fights for everything once he gets the ball. Oh, God. Is, yeah. is, just, is just tenacious. So if they decide to, to throw the ball, this defense can't be had. And, again, you're at a point in time in the season where some teams are just starting to fold it in, right? So, like, you were talking about the Raiders. The Raiders are a type of team that if you can just jump on them early, you can, you can just get them to quit for the rest of the game. Pretty much. So, the Titans are kind of a similar type of team like that. The only thing that's holding them together right now has been Zach Mettenberger. Well, Zach Mettenberger got his shoulder injured by J.J. Uh, Watt last week, but they expect him to play. True. If he plays, they'll, they'll play harder as a team. When Jake Locker's in there... Jake Locker, I was watching that game because I was like, I'm, I, I, that was funny, and I needed, I needed Kendall Wright really bad. So Ken, Jake Locker comes in, I'm like, okay, Justin Hunter's out now. Mettenberger went out, that sucks, but Locker showed up to Kendall Wright. He comes in in the first play, interception, interception, interception. <laughs> I mean, it's and then he fumbles the ball, and then he fumbles the ball. I think there were he, he ended up. To giving up three turnovers. three turnovers, three turnovers in two and a half quarters. One t- you did throw a touchdown, two interceptions, and uh, and a fumble. And the fumble, yeah. It's no good. No, it's no good. So I mean, regardless of of who is starting at quarterback, I mean, with Hunter out, I think Kendall Wright just steps it up a little bit. I mean, he's at least going to get all the the targets. Nate Washington has actually been better. You know, he's he's been better this year than than you would think. I, I mean, nobody ever. Throws him up there. Any any of the so-called experts who you know does the rankings every week. Nobody throws him like in their top thirty or forty right. or anything like that. But he always seems to catch about three, four balls for a 40, 50 yards, something like that. It's nothing great, but it's a, it's a decent compliment at least on the other side to somebody like a Kendall Wright. And I'll give you the other guy who goes hey, stats, Bishop Sankey. Yeah. All right. 
He's had over his last ten games. I think he's either between twenty-seven and sixty-one yards. Yeah. Uh, I think he has two touchdowns in that span. I'm going to say that you can pretty much call it a very similar performance from him again this week. Probably consider him about forty-five to fifty-five yards. And, he, and you're going to consider the usual. He's not going to get himself a touchdown. Staff meeting has been canceled. You all have one goal today: to get Vincent Chase's brother, Johnny Chase, a job, any job. I don't care if it's a porn shoot in which he is being gang-raped by a gaggle of silverback apes. If there are cameras rolling, everybody wins. Ten grand to anyone that can deliver this to me today. Well, I'm going to deliver you another game. (laughs) (laughs) I'm laughing because that happened to me last week. Oh, Oh. Oh, God. Chop, chop. Silverbacks. Wow, okay. Well, chop, chop, let's go to uh, the Panthers are at the Saints. Yes. And Drew Brees has finally started to score some points for his fantasy owners. Oh, my God. What really happened is he's finally started to throw it outside the numbers again. Yes. Stretch defenses, stretch them long, stretch them long and, you know, width of the field, and it's really opening up, you know. uh, It was starting to happen for a couple weeks there with Cooks. And now Stills is pretty much stepping seamlessly into that role. Had a huge game. Definitely, you know, helped some guys who played him in, you know, daily leagues. Uh, and if he was in your lineup, he probably helped win a game. Now, uh, listen, it, for anybody who actually, well, I'm sorry, I, I hope all you were, were listening to us early in the season um, and even before the season because we do this year round. Drew Brees changed offenses this year. They made a whole. They developed a whole different offense that was actually going to be based around the run, and as we all know, it's shown. Uh, Mark Ingram has been insane this year. The, the the guy has been absolutely awesome. He hasn't been the same as he was uh, a bunch of weeks ago, but uh, you know, I mean, the the guy is still putting up numbers, and he's hey, listen, he ran for 122 yards last week or something like that. Mm-hmm. I didn't expect that. I, I mean, I was expecting a decent game out of him, but not 122 yards. I was, yeah. That was very impressive. The guy's a good runner. They've had a lot of injuries when it comes to running backs this year, including Ingram. Um, but they've still stuck to their plan. They've stuck to what they've been doing with their offense. And it's uh, Breeze has gotten used to it. The whole team seems to have gotten used to it. I think there was a lot of things that they needed to consider in bringing uh, a lot of players left. And a lot of new players came in. All of a sudden, Stills is an automatic... St- well, now, you and I, you and I, we were... We, the reason when we... Well, Sorry, D-Rex, but you're gonna you lost your bet. So yeah. the reason, one of the main reasons why we said that he was probably gonna lose his bet was because of Kenny Stills. Yeah. And the thing is this: you can also see that it was the stubbornness of the coaching staff that just to really want to have Kenny. I mean, sorry, Brandon Cooks be the guy. He's, he's got a lot to learn still, yeah, and, yeah. and he was he showed flashes, but now you can see Kenny Stills is in his second year, who is just more fluid. And now is getting all of those targets that that uh, Brandon Cooks was getting, and what he's doing with them, he's being he's being very effective in this role. The thing is, and Stills has, um, I hate to say it, a wider array of what he can do. Right, he can be an outside receiver and catch that. I mean, he can start on the outside within three yards of the sideline, go for a, a fake in and a quick out, and catch a sideline pass. That's something that Cooks doesn't have in his arsenal yet. Right. He's a quick underneath guy, a guy you need to get in space, you got you got to get him running to get him to get away from somebody. It's it's something that he's going to have to learn over time. And he will learn it over time. He's a good receiver, but it takes time for somebody like that to get used to the NFL. 
every single player you're playing against is the best player you played against in every game in college. Right. Well, and, and the thing though too is is that you know now with you look at where they're going to be going into into like next year, for example. And now you're going to know, it's like Marcus Colston is, is at the end of where he's going. So it's, it's going to be now, Kenny Stills will eventually be that main outside threat. And we also saw Nick Toon step up a little bit. Step up almost as good as Val Verde. What the fuck does that mean? And you, you now have, you know, you have Cooks who's going to be your premier inside guy that you're going to be able to use and do all these other things. He'll learn the offense a lot better, but... Stills has become a guy now that as you go into this fantasy playoff week, I think you can confidently start. I think that you can definitely roll with him. The guy who, who is the biggest conundrum, though, to me, is Jimmy fucking Graham. What the hell is, is going on? Because there, he's got to be hurt in some way, shape, or form. Because how are you not on the field? He's being used like Percy Harvin was in Seattle. I mean, they... When he was on the field, they made mention to t- take him out of the game. They double covered him, rolled safeties over the top, did everything they could, you know, to take Jimmy Graham out of the game. That was their game plan going in, and you know, zero targets. You could definitely say they accomplished it, but hey, they still got the loss. But the fact that he wasn't in on some plays, especially in the red zone and short yardage, was sort of befuddling to me. And, you know, I, I was a little confused by his usage as well. And I don't know if he spoke up or something along those lines, but... Uh, what you're saying, I, I, I don't get it. Because they, they're, they're at the goal line, and you hear the announcer in the game go, this is a great time to be able to have Jimmy Graham out there, a little play action or whatever. Oh, Jimmy, Jimmy's not on the field. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, listen, I, like, they don't know you're going to run them? I mean... Listen, I have a feeling that that's, I mean... People are going to try and take away Jimmy Graham if they can. You know, the, the, every team is going to try and take him away. It's not the easiest thing to do, but obviously it was, there was it was obviously a success last week. I don't expect that to happen. And it, it, almost any other time, it's a very big, it's a major rarity. That's listen. You're, I mean, every you're always going to start Jimmy Graham. Yeah, but, but it's not a something amiss. And the reason I say that is, as a guy who's owned him in a, in a dynasty league for a couple of years, and obviously watching him closely. Here's a guy that normally, I don't care if he's being double-covered. Drew Brees still has confidence that he'll throw the ball up to him, and Jimmy goes and makes the plays. The problem with Jimmy this year is when he's getting these little, and they're running him on these horrible little three-yard flare-outs and stuff, too, and he's dropping every single one of them. So I don't know what's going on. I don't know if there's something in his head, like he's thinking about a guy that's going to hit him or something, and, and, and he's getting alligator arms or what it is. But the Jimmy Graham... That everyone drafted to be this year is not existent. Well, I listen. I'll agree. That's it's not the same Jimmy Graham at this point. Um, Bulls lost in double overtime. Oh, Rose shit. missed a three pointer with that last second three pointer. Twenty seven footer. It's a tough one. Whatever. But good uh, shot. Good shot selection. Yeah, I, they had nine seconds, and that's the best shot they can get. Was a, a, a twenty seven. Damn you, delicate Derrick Rose. Yeah. Anyway, um, so, so back to the matter at hand. I think one of the one of the other things that is making a difference right now is that the Saints are starting to realize that they actually have some talent outside of Jimmy Graham. Stills is a serious talent. He really is. He's a lot better than what people understood, and he was one of the guys that we all had as a breakout candidate this year. And sure enough, here he is. He's coming on like gangbusters. Granted, it took Cooks going out for them to notice him a little bit more than they had, 
but the the kid's freaking good. And now they have Nick Toon actually playing a little bit too, who's also really good. And Joe Morgan is one of the biggest speedsters in the league, and I'm glad that he's actually getting a little play as well. Uh, these guys, they have the the wide receiver talent to be able to throw to, and I think that. Breeze is starting to realize it a little bit more as well. It took Tune a while to actually get the system. And it took a while to get uh, Breeze's confidence in him. And uh, maybe it took a couple injuries as well. Yeah. Uh, granted, that's that fine. That's all fine and dandy. But if you saw the moves and what uh, Nick Toon did to get in that end zone, that was impressive. No, that was, that was, I mean, nice that was an impressive touch. But Nick Toon's not a guy that you're going to start this week. No, certainly not. <laughs> but I, I figured I'd throw it out there. But that's one of the reasons why... Uh, that Jimmy Graham maybe not be getting uh, may not be getting all the love that he would normally get. Well, now here's the thing too. So if we look at this matchup. The, the, the Saints are at home. You're facing Carolina. He faced them earlier in the year. Breeze did. He threw for 297 yards, one touchdown, and one interception. The Panthers' defense, um, which is allowing quarterbacks 18.1 fantasy points per game, has been much better as of late. They've only allowed one 300-yard passer, seven touchdowns uh, in their last six games. So here you have Drew Brees, and Drew Brees in his last uh, two weeks has thrown eight touchdowns. In his last two home games against Carolina, he's thrown four touchdowns in each one. Okay. Um, the home quarterback in this series between New Orleans and, and Carolina, the home quarterback kicks ass every time. Well, not every time because uh, Cam Newton had a horrible game in their last matchup. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. He did have a horrible 151 the yards, no touchdowns. Yeah, the, yeah, two, yeah. The, the two years before, that's true. But it's a whole different Carolina Well, team, no, no. And this is know. the other thing. I want to lean back on something I said earlier because I think this game has that meaning. Even though Carolina still has a breath of hope in, in the playoffs mm-hmm. here, this is a game where if New Orleans can jump on them early here, you can, you can just – this is a three-win team. You can, you can, you can break their will. Absolutely. And if they allow Carolina to stay in the game, then that just tells you just how bad New Orleans is. And their defense is bad. Yeah. But their defense, I'm, I was I was impressed early how they played against Pittsburgh. I mean, you look at the numbers that they still gave up. It's, it's you know, it was only the two touchdowns to Ben, but he did throw for 400 yards. So um, they're, they're able to be had on defense. Yeah. Well, on the, other, on the flip side, Carolina... Um, and general had been really bad against the run this year, but over the last like five weeks, they, they've actually been pretty darn good. They've only given up like it's under three yards a carry. That's pretty good. Under three yards a carry, two hundred eighty-nine yards on, on ninety-seven carries. That's impressive. Granted, they've given up four touchdowns in you know in four in four games the last four games. Yeah, but they, we have a, not none in their last three. Yeah. None in the last three, exactly. So, and that was that was Stephen Jackson who rumbled for three against them. Yeah. Uh, and then they had uh, right? Was that right? No, no, no. I'm sorry. Yeah, he had three catches. Uh, Steve, uh, their last uh, was uh, Mark Ingram. That was the guy that. Well, here we go. Ingram. So it was Mark Ingram who had the two touchdowns against them. Two touchdowns now, against him. Thirty ca- thirty rushes for a hundred yards. 3. I think I think he has more success against them this week. Yeah, I think he has success against them. Yeah, I, but I, I think listen. he has. Big run success against them this week. Yeah, yeah, of course. And you have to consider exactly who they were playing as well. Um, granted, Sproles and McCoy each had a touchdown against them, but neither of them ran for anything. I mean, McCoy ran for 19 yards on 12 carries. Uh, Atlanta doesn't really have that much of a running game. Stephen Jackson carried it 17 times for 41 yards. Right. Yeah, which is pretty much uh, par from the course for him. Matt Asiata last week, four, or 
two weeks or whatever it was last week, 14 carries for 52 yards. You know, I, listen, Carolina's defense isn't what it was last year, but they're getting better. They're getting better, but I don't see them stopping New Orleans this week. No, no and, and let's flip it to the Carolina side as far as their offense. Cam Newton, um, again, he had a poor performance against them last time. 151 yards, no touchdowns, one interception. He did run for 43 yards. Um, but they're, as a team, they're in a free fall. It's six games in a row that they've lost. Yeah. So, you know, where the confidence level is for a team that was uh, playing to have a – they were a potential Super Bowl team last year. Uh, you know, it, there's a lot of egos that are hurt on this team. And if it weren't for the fact that they're in such a poor division, it would be over. But they're running game. Jonathan Stewart's the best option that you have there. He's still not a guy that you're going to start with any sort of confidence in fantasy. And your best option, your best bet – Greg Olson's really, he's fallen down off the table from where he was early yeah. in the season. But the only guy that's really viable is really Kelvin Benjamin. Absolutely. Well, uh, first of all, Greg Olson does not do well against New Orleans. Right. I would not expect him to, and we mentioned it earlier this year. I remember us, uh, us talking about it. he just doesn't do very well against New Orleans, and he won't again this week. Um, but I do expect New Kelvin Benjamin to do best something. Best against? Yeah, New Orleans is the best against tight ends. We exactly. We, that. Yeah. we did. We, I was surprised about what Heath Miller did. And he had three catches for 30 yards in his first game against him. Yeah. I mean, and, I mean, you expect a lot more out of out of Greg Olson at this point, especially being one of those top five tight ends. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, 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 go ahead, Stags. What do you got? I mean, isn't Jonathan Stewart a little more viable this week? Because didn't uh, D'Angelo leave with like a dislocated wrist, and he's going to be no? He, he broke. I think it was the bottom end of his middle finger on on his carrying hand, his his uh, right hand. So it's going to be tough for him to carry the ball. I think, uh, to be honest, I think they're going to keep him out. So it, it will be the Jonathan Stewart show, who has shown a lot more promise lately. For and, sure. and Tolbert back last week for yeah. the first time all season, and you know they sprinkled each of them in. So it's kind of hard to pick the exact back you want, but you know Jonathan Stewart's definitely the one you want if you're going to choose between any of them. But uh, are you going uh, to choose any? I of sure them? hope that you you don't have to play one of those guys. I mean, so I mean, Kelvin Benjamin though, you agree he's a good start. I mean, Kelvin Benjamin's been playing very well. So if I'm the Saints, I plan to double cover him because he is all they have. Right. Um, that's my offense. If I were them, I would double cover, you know, Calvin Benjamin and make Cam Newton run the ball against me because I'm not sure he is healthy enough to do it. Yeah. So and without the threat of him running the ball or Jonathan Stewart, you know, consistently running the ball at you know a four or five yard clip, which he just doesn't seem to do anymore. They're either, you know, one two yard carries or they're you know breaking off a little bit more. Uh, so it's kind of a tough call, but you know, besides that, the Panthers aren't just fantasy goodness this season. No, and this is the thing, you know, you get a bad team, there's just not a lot of fantasy goodness there. So let's go ahead and we're gonna move on to our next game. Oh, this is a great game. I mean, I had this game circled on my calendar when the season started. Because I said this game has playoff implications like you would not believe. The New York Jets travel to the Minnesota Vikings. And this is Go the, ahead. This is the calendar you use to wipe your ass with, right? That's the calendar we're speaking of. Yes, I, I do have calendar toilet paper. Yes, I do. I, I just used it. <laughs> all right. Um, well, we can go through this one super quick. First of all, 
congratulations to the Jets. Uh, you, you did incredible on Monday night against Miami. Too bad you, you lost, but wow, you Great ran. game plan. That was an incredible <laughs> game plan. Uh, keep it out of Geno Smith's hands. Run 17 reverses and um, 49 other carries right up the middle or right off tackle or whatever. Very impressive, and they did very well doing it. I give them a Val Verde. What the fuck does that mean? It means Val Verde. What the fuck does that mean? It means... No, I got no. No, no, okay. Failure. Just two. Vikings, 31 points last week against Carolina. That's impressive. A lot of those points were scored by their defense, though. True. But still, still 31 (laughs) points. Um, (laughs) That is true. Their defense was one of the best starts last week. I took them as my start in in my fan duel play. So you're definitely, you know, if you picked them up off the waiver wire, you know, you're definitely not sitting them this week. No, I I wouldn't sit them against uh, Geno Smith. Although, to be honest, with the game plan that they have, the, the Jets aren't going to turn the ball over that That's much. Thing. They're, they're not, not going to turn the ball, the ball over. Um, I mean, it, it, it depends on what your defense gives you, uh, you know, uh, it gives you points for. I guess, I mean, sacks are kind of out the window because they barely pass the ball. Would he throw the ball 13 times last week or something? 16 at most or something? 18 yeah. maybe. Whatever it was. Yeah, it, it, was wasn't, it wasn't a lot. It, it was not a lot. It was a very, was a very run-happy offense. Let's yeah, put this we way. We went back to the 50s. On this How one. about the fact, well, you had 33 runs between Ivory and, um, and Chris Johnson. And Chris Johnson. Who? Chris Ivory? Chris Johnson? Who? Chris Johnson? Who? <laughs> Chris <laughs> Johnson's still a good running back? What did he do last week? I know. Get 100 but, yards. But, but, but where did that come from I know. is what I'm trying to ask Well, you. no, I have no idea where it came from. <laughs> I'll tell you. He looked pretty good doing it. Yeah, you know where bad. it came from? It came from the same place where he just was using the toilet paper that I had with his game mat uh, circled on it. <laughs> pretty, pretty much. Came out of his ass. That's <laughs> where it came out of. So, uh, you know, the thing is that, that what Chris Johnson did, though, and, and it wasn't like... Chris Ivory was all that ineffective. I mean, he still had 62 yards. I mean, he was, you know, an average type of a performance. But Chris Johnson has is, is, is earned himself now more touches in the, in the offense. For sure. Um, which hurts happens, the Ivory thing because, again, Ivory was a guy who, if he's getting the 20 touches in the game and against the Minnesota defense, this was a week that he could have really had a good, better chance. But, again, now you get a muddled backfield with this horrible offense and everything that's going on with it right now. I would stay away from it altogether, just just because if I'm worried now that Chris Johnson's going to get 10 to 12 touches in this game, that really hurts Chris Ivory if you if you were thinking about it. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that the only way you could play either one of these running backs, first of all, the, the Minnesota defense has been a lot better than advertised this year. Uh, the, against the running backs, they, they haven't been tremendously good. 21.3 fantasy points a game, but against quarterbacks in the passing game, yeah, you know, just 15.2, and against wide receivers, 21 and a half. So they're definitely kind of a good option, you know, as your streaming defense. But you know, when it goes back to the Jets' backfield, is there a guy you trust in the fantasy playoffs at all? No, no, I, I don't. I mean. The fact that matters, they're going to run. They're going to do the same game plan again. Uh, I can't see them changing it very much. I mean, uh, they're not going to all of a sudden throw Geno Smith 40 times. That's just not going to happen. <laughs> it's going to be run, run, run. So, I mean, I, when it comes down to it, if you really want to guess and, and play one of those two backs, go ahead. But, I, I, you know, 
don't be upset when it doesn't work out for you. No doubt. <laughs> uh, going to the Minnesota side of the ball because there's really not much to talk about when it comes to the wide receivers. Eric Decker well, well, is an well, You just go ahead and, and, and walk us through Minnesota, and then we'll move on to the next game. Okay, hopefully McKinnon will be back this week, which I think he probably will be. Um, that would be my guess, at least. Uh, yeah, but I, how I effect, okay, and I said, I said I'll let you just talk about I, okay, I'm, I'm a big McKinnon guy. You know this. So. Yeah, I know that. So, yeah. Even though he's kind of, no, well, because he, he's been completely ineffective in his last three games anyway. Uh, I think he's scored like an average of like six points, fantasy points a game. He's he's not scoring you touchdowns. He's just, he now seems like, uh, you know, here was a guy that was never supposed to be with the workload that he's had. And he has shown a lot uh, as far as what he'll be in this league. But I can't trust him even if he comes back this week because he, he's not scoring touchdowns. Matt Asiata gets all the touchdowns. He does have big playability, but he, he's at that point in time, and this is the point in time of the year where that rookie wall is huge. And now he's dealing with injuries. And I just, I'm, I'm saying he plays, you still stay away. Well, Joe Banyard um, got in the game a little bit two weeks ago, showed some stuff, got in the game for a few plays, blew a blitz pickup or two blitz pickups. And uh, got benched for the rest of the game. So Ben Tate got in the game a little bit. Showed to be Ben Tate. Nothing special. Not, not, nothing great. Uh, but Ben Tate's going to be getting some carries going forward. Um, so, I mean, who, who are you going to play out of uh, Asiata, Tate, McKinnon, that whole situation? I would say none of them against the Jets defense anyway. Right. You know, so I mean, I, I wouldn't this even worry right. about that situation. It, 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 there were, the one guy who I think has the potential is Asiata. Because of touchdown potential, especially in leagues where it's like it's all about touchdowns, but not this week. Yeah, not not this weekend. I mean, but we one of the big things we talked about last week was Muhammad Wilkerson and yeah. his injury status. Uh, today he just got out of his walking boot apparently, but it's still iffy as to whether he plays. Uh, you know, the Dolphins stayed away from the run game, but you know Lamar Miller did have a pretty effective rushing game. Uh, with four and a half yards per carry or so, and a rushing score. So, it's not an absolute dead zone, but I think you've got better places to go. Agreed. Uh, uh, fully agree, especially with so many running backs. Uh, I, I expect Bridgewater to have a pretty decent game, to be quite honest. Um, Charles Johnson is still being played every play now. I mean, he's in there as a constant receiver, and he's getting all the he's getting a ton of targets. Um, I expect him to actually have a pretty darn good game. What about Greg Jennings? Because he's been the guy that's been. Yeah, I mean, he's been he's been he's had a couple of decent games this year. Um, and he's still a wily veteran who can who can take advantage of a terrible pass defense, a pass defense that even though Miami didn't take advantage of it last week because they didn't have the ball that much, to be quite honest. Uh, can still be taken advantage of. I expect Bridgewater, Bridgewater to be able to take advantage of it a little bit. I expect some tape to be studied, and Minnesota, especially with North Turner there, to be able to take advantage of that a little bit. Um, Kyle Rudolph is back. You know, he scored a touchdown last week. And, and, and I, he did nothing after it. No, he did nothing after it, but this is a Jets team that is terrible against tight ends as well. You saw what Deion Sims did against them. Right, well, let's my talk Michigan about, State guy. So let's, okay, I, I, I know that we want, <laughs> to move, we want to move quicker through this game, but let's just finally talk about, real quick, ended on this, the biggest disappointment as far as any type of production, Cordero Patterson. Any chance? Um, I mean, there's always a chance, but... He's running as the fourth receiver in terms of snaps. Yeah, I mean... I mean, what else do you need? Exactly. I would normally say 
if this game was played six weeks ago, seven weeks ago, yes, I think you'd have a great chance of them in a very good game. And uh, I think I did say that about six or seven weeks ago in one game, and he did have a really yeah, good game. Yeah, I guess Tampa Bay. Yeah. Right. This is the type of game where he could. Um, Don't bet on it. I wouldn't bet on it simply because he's been pushed down uh, the uh, down chart. Anyone make any progress getting Johnny Chase a job? I've got some calls in. Any agents in the building have any calls in? Somebody better do fucking something or tomorrow you will be working for fucking Lloyd. All right, let's move on to... To the previously mentioned uh, poor performance of Ryan Tannehill and his Miami Dolphins, who are hosting the Baltimore Ravens. Yes. Now, um, and let me just say this, and then I'll turn it over to you. A Baltimore Ravens team that he could take advantage of. Absolutely. That has been taken advantage of by quarterbacks over the last three or four or five games. What time are they playing this game? One o'clock. Oh, so it's not prime time? Not prime time. I like it. I do like it, then. Here's the thing. Ryan Tannehill is not a prime time big game quarterback. Why? Because the more they talk about him being a wide receiver in college, the worse he plays. Absolutely. It, the more John Gruden says, this guy's such an athlete. He played wide receiver in college and he can take advantage of a team on the outside. He plays terrible. It's just the facts of the facts at this point. Until he steps up and has a big game in a Thursday night game, which he shat the bed against Cincinnati last season, in a Monday night game in which we just seen him shit the bed, in a Sunday night game if they even have those for Dolphins fans. You know, I'm not trusting this guy in big time games like I would a Brady or you know guys who've been playing you know at reasonably the same rate this season. But in big-time games, I'm staying away from Tannehill. He's more of a matchup play for me. But, hey, matchup's good this week. <laughs> it's a very good matchup this week. And there's a bunch of one o'clock, uh, you know, noon games, one o'clock games, whatever time zone. Oh, by in. the way, how pathetic was that last week? Two, two late games? You know what? I, I would say... They were good games. But, you know. I would say normal, yes, that's, that's freaking awful. But when you get three games on Thanksgiving... I don't want to complain too much about the afternoon yeah. of. You Sunday. still had nine games in the morning. It's true. You couldn't have had eight and three. No, I, I, I you know, okay. So I'll, I'll, I'll give the NFL this week. There are four afternoon games this week. Yes. So we'll we'll get to those later. But yeah. all right, all right. Back, back, back to the game at hand here. Yes, I do believe that Tannehill will be able to take advantage of this one. Um, will you have an outstanding game? I think he was actually hurt a little bit psychologically in this last one. Um, they, they, they just have not opened up that offense for him. Either that, or he's not taking advantage of the uh, the opening up of it. Because they, he's not throwing the ball long at all. No. And even when he does, they show the stat on it, he is terrible. He sucks. He is terrible. He cannot throw the long ball. I mean, I think there's two guys that are really worse than him. That's Geno Smith and Michael Vick. That's pretty bad. Really bad. <laughs> well, it, it, it's really bad considering that you talk about matchup and you talk about potential. The Baltimore Ravens, over the last two weeks... Atrocious. 803 passing yards against them and six touchdowns. That's that's bad. That's they, 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 then they had a Zach Mettenberger in their game where he only had 179 yards and touchdowns. And then the week before, Ben Roethlisberger had 340 yards and six touchdowns against yeah. them. We've also got to remember, the Ravens are absolutely dominant against the run. Yes. They are 12 point, you know, three points a game to opposing running backs. Yep. And the rest of their fucking points they give up 
are in the passing game, yep. where they get destroyed. Uh, you know, you'd think a top top team against any one position group would be, you know, in the top ten of fantasy defenses. No, they are fifteenth, allowing seventy seven point three as See, an entire insane. team. Well, that's insane. But, you, but here's the thing, though, too. While they were they, they've been dominant against the, against the running backs, like you're saying. Here's the crazy thing, though. Against the quarterbacks, this is where you, you got to look at it. They've given up 20 touchdowns passing on the season. In the first seven games of the year, they gave up seven. In the last five games, they've given up 13. Awesome. Who got injured? Jimmy Smith. Smith. Smiths, I'm smitten. Yes. <laughs> He's good. You know, and it makes Webb, a big difference. It makes a big difference. Webb, a big difference. Webb, Webb isn't what he used to be. No. You know, coming off of injury, definitely he not. used to be a definitely good uh, player. Uh, you know, there's other guys, you know, who just aren't showing up for him. Uh, you know, in their safety, um, Elam, Matt Elam, Elam, yeah, uh, <laughs> bench, yeah. <laughs> you know, see you later. He used to be okay. No. Uh, yeah, gone. Uh, but yeah, you know, they're so good against the run. You know, how do you feel about Lamar Miller this week? I don't like Lamar Miller this week. This is, you know, no. This is this is again. So you're looking at it in that regard for this week for the for the uh, Miami Dolphins. You're not looking at any of the running backs. You're looking at Jarvis Landry as a nice start this week. This is a good chance maybe for Mark Walls to to, to get back into the end zone. Um, but and, and Charles Clay, if if he can, you know, if he can get out of get the on the field. field, this is the whole thing with him. Uh, would be a nice start, but I, I'm not starting a, a Lamar Miller this week. Are we making our bet for Landry uh, going over 100 yards again this week? Um, I, did, did I make that bet last week? Everybody's promised it for the last two weeks. We said we were one week early. Uh, yeah, I, that was me. I thought we were one week early. I really, you know what? And, and against the Jets, you would thought you would have thought it was it was going to be the, the thing, but you know it just it didn't happen. I mean, yards per attempt. Is Listen, I'm, I'm going to do this because I'm playing him in a league this week where I need to have a win. So I'm going to say no. <laughs> he's not going to have a hundred yards, and he's not going to have a touchdown. Reverse psychology. Reverse psychology. Okay. <laughs> um, then I'm taking him. Yeah, he's definitely getting a hundred yards this week. Uh, I, I do like Landry this week, though. Um, he is that type of receiver that will work well uh, against this Baltimore defense. Um, it's not just the long ball that they're giving up because it doesn't matter because Miami doesn't throw it long. Um, they're, they, they give up so much room in that middle because they do rush that passer and they do um, take care of that run so well that that middle is given up. And that's where Landry's going to make his difference. And actually, to, to be quite honest, I think that Wallace actually makes a couple of really good slant passes and takes him for a, a, some distance. And I think Tannehill might have a nice game scrambling as well. Uh, you know, something that when they do kind of rush the passer and try to get after it, you know, he's going to be able to step up and, you know, he's the, what, he's top five in rushing yards by a quarterback this season and, you know, top five in points get from his legs, so... Has he done it for five weeks now, though? Yeah, it's, that's it, the thing. He, five weeks ago, it was a great run that he was having for a good four-week run. It was 35, 47, 48, 46, and then it was... Then just yeah, 16, the 12, 4, 16, or something like that. And, he, I mean, it's still the same amount of four carries, three carries, four right. or five carries. That's what he's doing. It just hasn't gotten him the yards. Well, because... You they went away from the the, the, uh, the... They still use it here and there, the, uh, the uh, option, so the read option. Read option. 
But you know what it is more so too, because it was on break contains and stuff. They're not, you said it. He, they can't throw the deep ball, so they're not able to get the defense to commit to, to that deep pass, which then opens up where you can get those big runs when everyone's looking backwards. He's gotten to the point now where they all expect him not to throw the deep ball, and if they do, they know he's not going to be completing it. So all the defenders are looking in the backfield on him. So whenever he goes to run, they're spying on him, and he's not waiting, and he's waiting too long, trying to hold in the pocket, and he's not giving himself the opportunity to be successful. Here's the thing. Bill Lazor needs to change the game plan a little bit. Leisure. Uh, laser, Lazor, whatever you want. I just to like saying the word laser. laser. <laughs> I, I, I like playing a laser tag. He has got to laser understand. <laughs> he has got to understand that you have to open it up a little bit for what your original offense uh, is doing to work. You have to get a deep ball thrown in there so that it's scary. A yeah, little Chip bit. Kelly does it all yeah. the time. And he ha- they, and, they and, take and a couple shots. It, they, you have to do that. Just to open up that middle the way you want to use it. And that's what the laser has not been doing. And that's a problem. I hope he actually figures it out and doesn't. Laser. All right, let's go to the Ravens. How about Torrey Smith? Uh, Torrey Smith, for a guy that was bad, being destroyed uh, as being horrible over the first three weeks of, of the season, um, has been, since then... Okay, he has eight touchdowns on the year. That's eight touchdowns in, uh, what? Seven games? Seven games. Yeah. Uh, he had two touchdowns last week. Now, he has been, you know, so he's now had uh, two multiple touchdown games on the season. Uh, in those last uh, seven games, he's only been held out of the end zone in three games. But his last, he's, he's getting 60 to 70, 90, 65 yards and touchdowns. This guy is the epitome of what I preach. You have to have a, an extremely short memory when it comes to fantasy football. And what everybody wants to peg this guy is as is a guy who catches three or four passes, long ball, that's it. He's a spread the defense, go deep type of guy. Now, this guy has been, tr- he, they've been trying to get him to be an all-purpose type of wide receiver for a couple years now. They tried to do it in a different type of offense last year. It didn't work out so well. They ended up switching offensive coordinators, and it all freaked out everything. This year, they wanted to make sure that it worked for him. They wanted to get an offense in there where he could actually catch patches over the middle, catch some quick hitches, catch some button hooks, catch some quick slants, stuff like that where it's not sending him down the field every single time. They had some trouble with that early in the year. Obviously, and it, you know, with Steve Smith playing so well and uh, Torrey Smith being guarded like crazy, they use Steve Smith quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Steve Smith has proven that you need to actually guard him. You need to actually cover that guy a little bit. So Torrey Smith has been able to run some different patterns, and they've been getting him open, and he's been doing it and doing it well. He catches the ball, he makes plays, and that, I mean, it's just the way he's supposed to be used, and he's a really freaking good receiver. Here's I wish people would have seen that years ago, the way I saw it. I'm so glad he's being actually utilized the way he should have been utilized years ago. Now, but the same thing is here, he is a mirror copy image of Mike Wallace. Here's Pretty the guy much. that both of them are, have he's... not had a 100-yard game on the season. Neither one of them has caught the 70-yard touchdown pass this season. What they were known for. Yeah. And they are now becoming more of 
a red zone touchdown threats, things that they were never known for. But it, it's interesting because Torrey now has become a much better fantasy receiver without scoring 100-yard games Yeah, uh, because he's getting better at his craft. Uh, and, and becoming a better receiver. Now, what that's going to do... Now, now, how much longevity on this? I give, I give it three years or so. Where you still have your breakout speed that you have. Yeah. Right? So, he's not going to... You know, this is good because what you're seeing this year should hopefully be what he becomes at the end of his career. So, uh, A.K.A. Uh, Marquise Colston. Sure. You know? You can live for an extra f- four or five years in, in NFL if you can do that. Uh, and be eh, fantasy relevant. Yeah. <laughs> but... but yeah. To be fantasy dominant, you have to be able to take what he was doing before when he had those couple, it was always like two or three games, right? And he was breaking out. Like T.Y. Hilton did his first year. But what did T.Y. Hilton turn into in his third year? T.Y. Hilton. Yeah, exactly. That's where that's where Torrey's not gone. Torrey, I believe, will make that next step. I hope so. I, I, re- I really do believe he will. First of all, Joe Flacco has the arm to do it. Yeah. Okay. Second of all, their offense is starting to get a little more dynamic. Okay, it's not just the, the, but, the but run do you, and pound I mean, the ground. I, I want to know if you agree with me on this because he struggled last year when he didn't have Anquan Bolden and he didn't have a Steve Smith. How old is Steve Smith? You're not going to have him for that much longer. So no, they need they to draft him. Or they need to go out in free agency. They need to get someone that can allow him to because he's really not a wide receiver in one, but he is like the guy who is a, the, he's a one A. Yeah, and he's the guy who's a great one. And when you think about, like, remember, like, uh, how Reggie Wayne was with Marvin Harrison. And, and, exactly. And, and, and that's the kind of guy he needs to be hooked up with. Or Garcon was with right. Wayne or whatever. Sure, absolutely. He is a he is a one A type uh, or one B type of guy. One A, one B. Didn't it, it really doesn't matter because they're both going to have great games one way or another. Um, he is the type of guy that that can do that sort of stuff. Will he do it in a game like this uh, against the Dolphins? My bet is. Not so much. Uh, Brent Grimes is going to be on him. And Grimes has been really good. Um, I, I, the guys have given up a whole hell of a lot even to better receivers than Torrey Smith. Yeah. And not, I'm not, I don't want to say that because I do believe that Torrey Smith can be one of the elite receivers in this league. Um, but it, it ain't going to be in this game. Yeah, this is not, not the game where he's going to figure it out. And I do believe that uh, Miami has been poked a few holes on the defensive side of the ball. They've realized there's been some realization that you can run against them. I think the Jets showed that you could throw a little uh, confusion at them, and they they just can't guard it as well as they used to. Um, they're they're a tough defense. It's not going to be easy to do it against them either way. So you like, uh, but you like Forsett in this game then? No, I don't want to say I like Forsett. I don't. I, I don't see this as being a high scoring game at all. Mm-hmm. I see this as being a very low scoring 16-13 type of a game. Exactly. Uh, you know, I mean, if you're gonna get, if you're gonna have one guy that's going to do something a little bit nutty, it wouldn't shock me if it was a Tannehill. Tannehill could throw for a touchdown, maybe run for a touchdown. I don't see Flacco throwing for three touchdowns. I don't see Tannehill throwing for four touchdowns. I don't see any of the running backs going berserk. I, and I agree with you too because I think this is a game where, where Schwinkers get a little bit tighter. This is two teams that have yeah. playoff uh, hopes on the lines yeah. here. This game means everything. This is where separation happens, especially with the Ravens and the division that they're in. The fact that the Dolphins are only facing chasing the wild card because you're not going to cast New England. And Flacco is never as good on the road. Right. Remember that. So, okay. all right. Next game. Next game. Look at that. We've got the Indianapolis Colts at the Cleveland Browns. Wow. Okay. 
Is um, it Johnny Football or is it Brian Hoyer? I certainly hope it's Johnny Football. I you mean, know what? I, I, in my initial rankings, I, I put Johnny Football in there because I always put who I believe the team is really going to start mm-hmm. um, in my initial rankings. I believe they're going to start Manziel. And I'll tell you why. I think the reason why is because they, they do have playoff aspirations at this point. And I think they realize that Hoyer's not going to take them to the promised land. So if you're going to get the player who can get you anywhere, you might as well get him started early. And you might as well get him started now. Because what Manziel does versus what Hoyer does, neither one is going to... Listen, they could both lose you the game. But only one is going to be able to really win you a game. Well, and Hoyer has not won you any games no, over the past few weeks. He's actually, no, we're not, yeah, yeah, that's what that's I'm talking about. Yeah. Right. Over the last few weeks, um, no, he hasn't done anything the last few weeks. Early in the season, yes, he was a very good player in the, early in the season, and he won them a couple games. But lately, he's been awful. Yeah. yeah, I mean, me and you were talking about this earlier. We're talking about what have you done for me lately. And what Hoyer's done for you lately is only negative things. He's completing less than 50% of his throws, throwing interceptions, giving up fumbles. When he was playing good at the beginning of the season, you know, he was had like uh, 11 touchdown passes to two or three uh, interceptions. Yep. Right. So, you know, those things have all gone by the wayside as opponents have gotten tougher, as, you know, things have gone along, and people have seen tape on him. You know, there's also things that, you know, you're a running team. And you put a running quarterback in there at this point in the season, that's only going to mean good things. Yep. You know, whenever you're going to put a little more zone read in there, a little more option plays in there, that makes the backside defensive end freeze for just that smidge of a second and opens up, you know, three, four more yards for Crowell and uh, Terrence West. Terrence West uh, explode through. And, you know, it's just... If it's Terrence West. Well, right. I'll tell you right now, they're well, not but, happy with that kid. No kid, No kid. But but here's the thing, though. For, we're just going to keep it on Johnny Football right now, right? Yeah. Because when he came in last week, was it 5 for 8 for 63 yards? He had the two runs and the one impressive run for the touchdown. Yeah. He stuck his neck out there and he just and he went in there and did it. Did show the money side in the game that they were getting killed in, but hey. Um, this is the point, you, you, and you're right. It's... Because what he can also do, it's not just on run-read type things. He can take a broken play, and he can use his legs to make something happen. Exactly. And that's the difference. And, and here's where you got to think about it in a fantasy perspective, especially with quarterbacks like this, because there is no tape on him right now, uh, which is the best thing that he has going for him. And think about Tim Tebow. When Tim Tebow was stepping in that, when that year for Denver, yep, and it wasn't doing season. anything yep. gi- ginormously in the passing game, but... They just didn't know how to defend him. They didn't know what to do with him because they just didn't know how to. And they kept winning games. And they kept winning games. And he kept running for a ton of yards in those games. Yeah. This is a game where where this is. Yeah. It was insane what he was doing. This is where I see Johnny Menzel being able to do. This is one of those ones where he may only throw for 130, 100. He might throw 170, 80 yards. But he might run for 100 yards. And it's just catching them off guard. And the Colts. Defense can be caught off guard. Oh, for free. Cole McCoy just threw for 392 yards. Again. Hey, I mean, if there's any proof in the pudding here, do you guys, I don't know if you guys saw already, did you see where I put Johnny Football? No, I didn't see it yet. My, in my rankings? Because I, I did have him in there over Hoyer. I didn't, but I would say 13 to 17. 11. Wow. No joke. I mean, it's because there's a, there are a lot of tough matchups. 
And I just I don't see a lot of quarterbacks having a Tough great game this games. year. Yeah, that's, that's mean, what the NFL has done really well though. With their with, which which hurts fantasy in a lot of regards. A lot of division games in the last four weeks of the season. Yes, a lot and, of games that matter. Yeah, and you know what makes a big difference in games like this? A quarterback who can run gives you those extra four to five points just by running the freaking ball himself. That's a big one for for Manziel, and it's tough. But four to five points running the ball, just running it himself, that makes a big difference. Yeah. That's what put him up at 11. I actually initially had him down at 17 or 16. I was looking at the four or five quarterbacks ahead of him. I'm like, those guys, they aren't going to get those extra three so, or four points. That, that makes a huge difference. So what's that Mansfield's going to gonna get them. What does that do for Josh Gordon? It's, it's a huge difference for Josh Gordon. Listen, I don't think that Hoyer is all that accurate anyway. He's not the best passing quarterback. It's not like they're taking out like uh, Joe Montana or something like that. This is something. I mean, they're taking out a, a very mediocre quarterback as is for a guy who's kind of, kind of mediocre when it comes to accuracy as well. But when you buy time running around in that backfield just a little bit, which Manziel will be able to do. Hoyer wasn't terrible at it. I'll tell you that right now. But Manziel is obviously a whole different story. It makes a huge difference for somebody like a Josh Gordon. And, by the way, and Andrew Hawkins. It makes a huge difference for two guys who are extremely quick. And uh, Gordon is obviously big for his position, so it makes a huge difference to him. But uh, an underneath guy like uh, Andrew Hawkins, it makes a big difference for him, too. I, I love that Jordan Cameron's going to be coming back, too. Wow, I kind of like that a little bit. <laughs> I don't know. Johnny's never really thrown to a tight end in his you know career. Yeah, uh, well, there's one of these somebody, Cameron isn't so much a tight end as he is like a giant receiver. Okay, there's a couple of these things. RG3, Josh Gordon. They made each other a lot of money in college. Yeah. Uh, Mike Evans, Johnny Manziel. Made each other a lot of money in college. Yes, they You did. know, very similar kind of four players in kind of a grouping here. Absolutely. Uh, why we say it? Because now it's Johnny Manziel to Josh Gordon. Gordon. So, you yeah. know, there's a lot of interlap. You know, these guys have played with scrambling quarterbacks before. Uh, it hasn't so much been recently, but hey, you know, it's something to keep in mind. But, you know, what's keeping Josh Gordon upright right now? 17 targets a game. Mm. And if he goes down a wayside, goes to maybe 12, which is a much more manageable number for any number one receiver, you know, to even begin with, you know, if he's slightly more accurate, you know, it's going to make a huge difference. It will. Uh, Absolutely. I definitely don't think you could knock Josh Gordon down this week, even if it is Johnny Manziel's first start. Yeah, uh, but uh, okay, okay. Moving on from Cleveland, although I do want to say that it also opens up a lot of lanes. It opens game. up a lot yeah, of lanes. Love that. <laughs> I gotta tell you, Crowell, Isaiah Crowell, um, Crowell. Yeah, yeah. Somebody's got somebody's got to figure out what this fucking guy's last name is pronounced. It's because Crowell. Is it the Crowell show? Is it the Crowell show? Or find out for us? Uh, not no. really. But, <laughs> <laughs> I will do so though, just to figure it out. Um, maybe I'll, I'll I'll give their uh, PR guys a call. <laughs> I'll call Johnny and find out. That's okay. His number was on Twitter, so nice. that was his friend's number. But <laughs> whatever. Um, let's play into the stereotype. Let, let's go to the Colts and let me let me start. I'll start. Andrew Luck got back on Enough track. Said. He yeah. he he looked bad uh, with one touchdown against Jacksonville two weeks ago. Then he goes for three seventy five touchdowns, one pick. 
with 20 rushing yards against the uh, uh, against the Redskins. You know, the Browns have been tough against quarterbacks. They're only giving up 13.4 uh, points per week, almost as good as a Valverde. What the fuck does that mean? It means that we're moving on here. And you look at um, what, what they're doing, what, what Andrew Luck has been doing. I like, even though uh, the Colts, I'm sorry, the Browns are only giving up 13.4 points a game, fifth best in the league, um, they've not faced very tough competition at quarterback. True. You know, you look at the guys that they've played and you're going, that's it? Meh. This is this is it, Ben Roethlisberger. That's it. You've got nothing for me here. So I I like Luck is going to put up numbers. He's going to turn the ball over though, because the Browns have 17 interceptions on the on the year. They do. They, they lead the league. No Gibson though. We established yeah, that last true. week. Yeah, Gibson. Yeah, Gibson's who, out. Who what had seven on the season? Something like that. Yeah. That's Whatever big. Interception. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it, it, that's obviously huge. I mean, that leaves a big hole out there. I mean, they still have Hayden, obviously. Right. Uh, but, um, obviously, uh, Dwayne Allen is supposed to be back. And that's going to be a big play. That's really big. You know, I mean, I know that Cleveland's actually been pretty tough against tight ends. But when you got two of them, let it run out there. I don't know what the hell you're going to fucking do. How about Kobe Fleener last week? Yeah. He had a huge game, and he dropped a and wide dropped a fucking w- open touchdown. That was uh, what? embarrassing. Uh, that, was emb- that was embarrassing. I had him in FanDuel. I'm like, hey. hey, hey if he that was my one. eight-year-old son, I would have benched him. <laughs> I would have thrown him off the field. <laughs> I, uh, you know, to get the hell, what the hell are you doing? I mean, that was that was really embarrassing. But still, uh, you know, I, listen, luck is the next coming. Right. Period. And, and it doesn't matter who he's playing at this point. It really doesn't. Well, no, no, no. But what, what matters for, for our fans out there right now, they're wondering, with these wide receivers, who's Joe Hayden going to cover this week? That's a good is question. He gonna, is he going to shadow T.Y. or is he just going to kind of... Be in a spot, and whoever's there. I think is they're going to try him on Ty. I think they're going to try him on Ty to start and see what happens with that. I don't think it's going to work, and I think they will go away from that. Ty is a speed receiver. Joe Hayden does not cover speed receivers well. Antonio Brown eats him alive. Yes. And Ty Hilton is flat out faster than Antonio Brown. Yeah. He might not be quicker, but he is faster in terms of straight line speed. Agreed. Which is something that Joe Hayden struggles against. Uh, at I think his pro day forty was like a four five four tops. Yeah. yeah. And in his, the combine forty was like a four six. Yeah. No, and, it's all instinct with that guy, and that that guy is the best instinctive cornerback that I've seen in ages. But yeah, he's not a flat out physical presence uh, at the quarterback or at the cornerback position. He is more the instinctive, you know, knowing the game plan kind of guy. Yeah. So. I don't think he can cover T.Y. Hilton. No, that's why I said I think they're gonna they're gonna tr- because normally what they do what opposing defenses do they'll put their best corner on Reggie Wayne. Right. But it's gotten to the point where it, you it, don't doesn't, need to do it that doesn't matter. Right. Who, why it would does you do not that? matter with him. You could put you could put a reserve corner on Reggie Wayne at this point. Literally your fourth best corner. Put him on Reggie Wayne and it won't matter because Reggie doesn't have it anymore. He's the slowest receiver on the field every time he steps onto it. And that's and, saying well, a lot with Hakeem Nicks on the same well, field. It really but, is. but then you also talk about the matchups too for Joe Hayden because the other thing is the other guy that came back again last week was Dante Moncrief. And yeah. he's a straight speed receiver. 
Yeah. So that you know, this is this is one of those those games where can you trust Moncrief if you're in a deep league? Or was that just the anomaly because it was against the Washington defense? No, I, I, honestly, I think Moncrief stays going. I really do. I don't think it's going to be Knicks anymore. I think that they like the speed game. I think that that helps them. He only had, was only two catches, though. Both but it touchdowns. spreads the field. I know. It spreads the field. It I allows agree. for that underneath game, and especially if Dwayne Allen's coming back, they're going to have Dwayne true. Allen for a little underneath. He could he yeah. are going on some straight routes and stuff. Hicks it just so opens everything up. You know, they're just going to be... I mean, especially now that they've lost Bradshaw. Um, I, granted, Boom Heron had a nice game, eight rushes for 88 yards. But how open was the middle of the field there when you got those receivers running around, Fleener running around? I mean, it's just going to be open for Boom. Boom's going to run a little bit. Cleveland's actually... I mean, they haven't been great against running backs, but they have a decent middle... Uh, you know, linebacker, the linebacking core and the, the the middle of the, the middle of the defense ain't so bad. It was better in the past, but it's not so bad either. I don't expect the running backs to go berserk against them. They're gonna pass, yeah. and if if luck and that offense is gonna work, it's gotta pass a lot. Moncrief gets involved. He's going to get involved more than just two catches this week. I'll tell you that right now. All right, we got anything else to say about this game, or should we move on? No, we can, I think we can move on. It's, I mean, right. I think that Indianapolis gets a lot of going, a lot of it going on. I think Cleveland. I think this is a high-scoring game, to be quite honest. All right, sounds good. Okay, you probably don't know me. You will. I want you to pass this message along to Dana. Tell her that I still have the pictures from Cancun. Tell her that I'm going to start a website. I'm going to take a full-page ad out in the L.A. Times advertising it. Tell her it will be called amahollywoodexecutivewhore.com and that no password or fee will be required. Tell her I want a fucking callback. All right. <laughs> Buccaneers at the Lions. Let's, uh, start, let's start with the Buccaneers who are going against the tough Lions defense. What do we expect out of them? Doug Martin has reestablished himself as the lead back now. Correct. How the um, fuck did that happen? Uh, not super effective as far as a ton of rushing yards. We did score touchdown last week. He didn't look week, bad. And he didn't look bad. It was only he 12 carries. He looked pretty good, actually. Right. So he, it seems like he's regaining that form, but is he not this week, though, right? I mean, this is, this is the Detroit Lions. Yeah, no, listen. He doesn't have the speed to be able to get outside them. Not like you could anyway. And he doesn't have the power to get through them. Um, I don't expect anything out of that rushing game this week. Okay, so so we're gonna kill Doug Martin. We're gonna send Muscle Hamster twenty five for one or twenty five for seventy five for the team. So for the team, for the team, yes. the entire team. Yeah. So I'd, exactly. I'd if, avoid pretty much everybody. If sixteen of it is to Doug Martin, fifteen of it to Doug Martin, um, don't expect more than forty five to fifty. Yeah. But there's a guy named Mike Evans who is proven that he can do it against anyone. Will he do it against Detroit? No. I, I think that they double him. I, I think that they make sure, like they did last week against Mike, against Mike Evans, you take away Mike Evans, this offense is nothing. And that's what they did last week. Uh, Evans didn't do shit last week. He got, what, two passes for 28 or something like that? Yeah. And that's all you got to do. Just, to, just take away Mike Evans, Vincent Jackson's... Uh, I don't want to say it's a shadow of his own. He's 30, own, 32 years old. You know, this but he's is, old. You know, right. He just doesn't have it as much It's a as smart move. You, 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 you double and you take away the best threat, the young threat. Guy who's never dealt with the double coverage before. Force him to have to deal with something he's never dealt with before. And then you let a guy who's 
Used to be great, but not not super great, and is aging. See, is, is, see if Vincent Jackson can beat you. And because you know what? They'll let their defensive line just take care of the ring, also, which is fine. And, and they'll do it fine. Is Austin Safarian Jenkins going to play in this game? Is who? Austin Safarian Jenkins. Yes, yeah, supposedly he's going to be back. Um, but either way, I don't see it being that big of a difference. I mean, I mean, the thing is, this line is bad. The choice line is very good. Yeah. You know, when things like that collide, it usually doesn't end well for one team. Yeah. Uh, play you know, simple. <laughs> if, if you want to play the Detroit's defense this week, it's a good time to play them. Yeah. Uh, I, if this was in Tampa Bay, I wouldn't say anything different. But it, it's, it's not in Tampa Bay. So I, I would say it's even worse than nothing different. It's going to be really bad for Tampa Bay this week. You know what, though? But here's the thing. So let, 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 I'll flip it to Detroit because... You got Andrew, I'm sorry, you got Matthew Stafford, and you look at Tampa Bay. And Tampa Bay, on paper, ah, we didn't take advantage of Tampa Bay. The last three weeks, they've only given up 513 total passing yards. Yeah. Three touchdowns, five interceptions. Yeah. They have definitely started to turn it on in the past. Lovey Smith is starting to have uh, taken a, uh, an effect there, and they are getting turnovers. I don't see it happening this week. Okay. Not against Calvin Johnson and Golden Tate. I just, I just don't see that happening. Um, if, they, if they do happen to play everything back, Joy Bell has proven that he's go- he can actually uh, make a move or two and, and run for a little bit. Uh, Reggie Bush will be back this week, so I can see that. I mean, not that that's the biggest thing in the world, but Bush is a little more dynamic than you think, especially indoors at home. And it also hurts anyone that went out and grabbed theoretic. Yeah, uh, in the last week or two, uh, who had six catches for fifty-four yards uh, last week? Yeah, uh, that will eat into his because uh, he's got no carries. Uh, that eats into his. Uh, yeah, Bush no, is it, it'll go to Bush right. now. Um, with Bush being back, they they held him out that one extra week to make sure that he was completely ready for this run, uh, the, the this stretch run, and he is going to be completely ready for this stretch run. They're going to use him a little bit in this game. I could definitely see him having a little more touches than you think. Um, Joy Bell is more of a pounder than you think. He doesn't have a lot of, uh, you know, grease to him, I guess. He he doesn't have a lot of... uh, Wiggle. Wiggle. He he doesn't have... uh, I don't know. What's that? uh, Agility moves. Yeah, I was going to say, what's the... uh, the grease you use for anal sex. What's it? What's it what? Uh, the, 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 what's the KY uh, jelly? The, the KY jelly, whatever. He doesn't have a lot of KY to him. You know? He's, you feeling the love? Yeah, you feel, feel the love. You know, he doesn't have a lot of KY to him. No, he, he, just, he, he just doesn't have a lot of wiggle. To, I, I see Bush getting a little bit more wiggle going on in this game. You know, he's, he's ready to come back. I think he's itching to come back. I think he really wanted to come back last week against the Bears. I really do. Um, and they wouldn't let him do it. I think that Detroit knew they were going to take him down. They kept him out one last week, let Riddick take care of uh, business. So you, you like starting Reggie Bush this week, then? I don't, I don't want to say I like Reggie Bush starting this week, but I think he's going to get you a lot more points than you think. That's just, that, that's just, my, that's just my prediction on that one. Flex I would have a tough time. Reggie Bush this week? Huh? Flex option? Uh, yeah, I, I would say in a 12 to 14 man league, for sure, he's definitely a flex option this week. For sure. Uh, I think he's raring to go. He's indoors. You know how well he works indoors on on, on, the, uh, on that indoor turf. Oh, my goodness. He's he's definitely a. Well, I'm, I'm interested to see how Stafford performed. Because Stafford, thank God he got the Bears last week. Because 
He had no touchdowns in his previous two games. Yeah. Um, and has not thrown for more than two touchdowns on a season. Yeah. You know, in a game. This is this is surprising. I'm actually shocked at that. I, 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 I know my stats, and I can't believe that he, he doesn't have a single three-touchdown game. He does not have no. a single three-touchdown game bad. on the year. Matthew Stafford has hurt to own all season. I am benching him this week for Russell Wilson. Do you agree with that? Uh, no, I don't. Not this week. I, listen, I, I do love Russell Wilson. Um, he's playing at Philly, which really can't couldn't hurt. I don't know. That, yeah, you're right. That's a tough call. Yeah. That's a, that is a tough call. I'm taking the guy who's fifth overall. You know what? Right it, the thing is, yeah. the thing is, to me, I'm still going to bet on because again, look at look at playoff scenarios and situations. And Tampa Bay is a team that's just trying to figure out what they're doing. Detroit still has aspirations. They got the big win against the Bears. That was huge. Um, they didn't get help from New England, so they got to keep doing it on their own. They they can they can do themselves a whole lot of good, and they're in a tight race for what that wild card is going to be in the NFC. They need this win, so I'll go with history. I'll go with. I know the Tampa's been playing really well over the last couple weeks, but as you said, I'll bet on Megatron. I'll bet on Golden Tate. I'll bet on Matthew Stafford. Let's go with the Lions. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. I, I think we can move on from this game. To Let, be quite honest. Hit it. Let's go. Next game. Oh, actually, you know what? I, I do want to say one last thing. Eric Ebron um, had a pretty good game against the, against the Bears. Uh, Tampa Bay has been yeah. Whatever. The Bears are the worst at defending tight ends, though, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Sure. Um, I don't expect it. Yeah. Exactly. Is what I was going to say. I don't expect a repeat out of Ebron, especially when they're all healthy. Uh, so don't just go ahead and say yeah, that was Ebron ready to go. No. All right, so let's move to another super exciting game. The Texans at the Jaguars. All right, I think that we could probably do this one pretty quick. What do you got, Stags? I feel like this game happens every week. Uh, Somehow there is a game like this that nobody wants to talk about ever. But, you know, finally the Jaguars have sort of moved out of the fantasy football cellar just a little bit. They are no longer the worst team in our power rankings. No. For the first time in, like, over since we started, pretty much. Yeah. You know, uh, a couple they dropped behind Oakland. uh, Or they dropped it, pulled ahead of Oakland, excuse me. But, you know, everybody who you like, you know, you're going to start Arian Foster if he's playing, which he should be after having no setbacks last week and a, you know, pretty nice game. Yeah. But, you know, we've got to talk about DeAndre Hopkins a little bit because I'm not going to say Ryan Fitzpatrick did that on his own because definitely he did not. <laughs> no, DeAndre Hopkins is the real deal. Uh, the kid is really good. And, I mean, we, we all knew that he was really good, um, but he's always had a bad situation. Yeah. You know, it's a running offense, not a good quarterback situation, so you wouldn't expect all that much out of, out of him regardless of his talent. Um, especially when he has an Andre Johnson on the other side. So he was kind of second fiddle his first year. He's become somewhat first fiddle this year, even though Andre's still getting the targets. Uh, he's, he's definitely become more of the first fiddle when it comes to fancy points, that's for sure. Touchdowns, red zone, whatever. Um, I, I, listen, do I, do I like an Andre Hopkins this week? Yeah. Uh, uh, DeAndre Hopkins? Yeah, absolutely. The kid has uh, proven himself to... Be somebody that they can count on. 
I mean, it's more than just the last game, too. He's been a top 15 performer pretty much all season. Yeah. You know, in terms of targets, he might not get as many as Andre. But I'd say he's Andre plus red zone fucking targets, which something Andre never got. And, and, and you know, end zone scores, yeah. which is something Andre's never been able to, you know, get in his career. But besides that, how do you feel about Andre this week? Um, I don't know. I mean, it, this guy's never been all that great away from home. He did score a touchdown last week, although Fitzpatrick also threw six. Yeah. I mean, it, that's... Uh, nice to catch. A, yeah, I mean, to expect Andre not to get so touchdowns much. is not something you want to expect. But, yeah, uh, I, I think that, uh, I don't know. He's second fiddle. If you want to start him as your wide receiver three, go ahead and take the chance. That's fine. Uh, other than that, I, I mean, I wouldn't. I'm not going to advocate him as one of your top stars. Uh, let's, let's roll through the Jaguars. Anyone that's worth starting, because we're going to. Marquis Lee had a great game last week, and he looks like one of the better receivers on the team. Um, I think Hearn's got uh, got. Because there's like 17 receivers on that team. And they each seem to have one week of the season where they're the best receiver exactly. on the team. Exactly. <laughs> and they have a Valverde. What the fuck does that mean? It, it, it means you could start any of them and get lucky any week is what it means. Um, I can't advocate starting any single one of them any single week because it could be any single one of them any single week. Um, Denard Robinson, Houston's been pretty good against the run this year. Uh, I think Robinson actually could have a decent game because I think they want to try and keep the ball away from Houston. I think Houston wants to keep the ball away. They're both ball control type teams. They're going to try and be. Bortles had a pretty decent game last week. He's starting to break out a tiny bit. Yeah, uh, I thought that about 17 weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, whatever. It, it, I don't know. It's it's tough to start any Jaguar and be confident about it. If there's any confident player that would start on that team, it would probably be Denard Robinson. And even then, I would be a little iffy about it. He's an RB2 at best, maybe a flex. Perfect. Let's move on. The Buffalo Bills and their stout defense travel to Denver for the first The first of the four afternoon games. Yes. Well, I think um, there's a lot of stars in this game. I think, obviously, you're not going to sit any of the Broncos and this could be the game, and probably should be the game that Julius Thomas comes back. Although, I do like the Bills against tight ends. Julius has proven that against really tough teams against tight ends, he doesn't do all that well. It's strange. The guy is very... The guy does have um, a lot of skill, obviously. And he is somebody that can break out and have three touchdowns against any team. But... Against teams that are really good against tight ends, he ha- he does seem to have trouble. So I, his first game back, assuming it's his first game back, I assume he's going to play in this game. I thought he was going to play last week and sack up, but he didn't. I assume it's going to be this week he comes back. Um, I, you got to start him regardless. I just wouldn't expect him to have an, an incredible game. Every other Denver player is starting regardless of how good Buffalo's defense is. Which they are fucking incredible, yeah. by the way. That Buffalo defense is freaking sick. Um, I just would I, I would start every Denver player. Here, I just here, wouldn't expect the greatest game. Well, but here's the thing. Here, here's where I can give you now. I'm giving you a guy that has owned Buffalo, I, but I can only give one guy as a comparison for Peyton Manning. That's Tom Brady. Yeah. And Tom Brady, when he faced them back in Week Six, threw for 361 yards and four touchdowns. Yeah. <laughs> Well, okay. Okay. All right, let's talk about Buffalo. Yeah? 
What, what, what do you guys got? Yeah, what do you got? Stags, you yeah. got anything on, on, on my uh, on these Buffalo Bills on Kyle Ortman or uh, or, or uh, Sammy Watkin? What do you got? I mean, Sammy Watkins kind of disappeared as of late, so he did get Joe Hayden last week. Yeah. Or that two weeks ago. Um, was it Cleveland they played last week? I don't remember. <laughs> but he got shut down by Joe Hayden when he. Yeah, played. I mean, they, they Sammy Watkins has had a couple bad games there in a row. Uh, and, you know, the targets aren't coming, you know. He was coming off that injury in the snowstorm and everything like that. So, you know, there's a lot he had going on. And I don't know if he got proper treatment being stuck in his house with, you know, four feet of snow falling on him. Well, no, but it was Sammy Walker. It was Joe Hayden last week. Nine targets, three catches, 11 yards. It, it was a brutal performance no matter how you look at it. Listen to the last four weeks for him. Four, uh, going back four weeks, four catches, 27, three catches, 32, three catches, 35, three catches, 11. And, by the way, no touchdowns in all those games. The previous two games before that, three for 157 and a touchdown, and nine for 122 and two touchdowns. I mean, he's definitely fallen off quite a bit. I don't know if, at this point, he is a viable wide receiver, too. So, you're looking at wide receiver three flex option. You know, for Sammy Watkins uh, against the Broncos, where they're probably going to have to pass to keep up. You know, I like them, but, you know, the Broncos have a lot of good corners. You know, they might not seem like they might give up a lot of fantasy points on the season, uh, but the corners are all good. Chris Harris is a very good corner. And Akeem Tlaib, you know, is a matchup corner in terms of size, strength, and, you know, speed. So. Even though they give up, you know, a decent yeah. twenty points to opposing wide receivers, these given, are very good corners. In the last three games, they've given up four hundred and twenty-two yards and four touchdowns. In their last five games, six hundred seventy-nine yards and seven touchdowns. So, this is a week where, if, if I'm looking at it, yeah, I say Sammy Watkins. I, I would because he's no longer being put into that wide receiver one, wide receiver two position. But if you're looking at him going, okay, he struggled for me over his last four weeks. Can I can I trust him as my flex guy? Yeah, I think you can against Denver. Oh, for sure. I mean, it's it's. I think that's a no brainer. Yeah, you could definitely trust him as a flex. Um, but I, again, like you said, I mean, the, the stats show it's it's tough. But I think you definitely got to throw him out there. I mean. Robert Woods and um, the the other kid, the other little white kid, Hogan, 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 whatever, Hogan, Hogan, Hulk, Hulk, whatever, Uh, total opposite. But um, I don't know. Yeah, I mean those guys, they they catch their passes and they trade off having decent games or whatever. Uh, But uh, I mean Watkins is the guy you're gonna have to trust there. Now, uh, when it comes to the running backs, I mean Fred Jackson, he's back. Yes. Is he great? No. But he's been okay. He's he's been serviceable. He's been he's been pretty good. I think in a game like this, I think they're going to need somebody more like a Bryce Brown mm-hmm. as opposed to uh, Anthony Dixon, who's actually been getting more uh, of the looks and the touches and stuff. Because Denver, when they give it up on the ground, it's not on the ground. It's more catching the ball. Right. And that's where Bryce Brown's a lot better, obviously, than Anthony Dixon. So if you're going to use somebody there in a way like deep league flex spot or something like that, you're t- you just want to take a chance. Listen, Denver can be scored against because they score so quickly, and there's usually high-scoring games. 
You can maybe take a chance there. Who knows? I'll tell you, the other guy that you can take a chance on, too, is Robert Woods. Yeah. You know, two weeks ago, nine catches, 118 yards, and a touchdown. Last week, four for 71. But he is, you know, he's, again, it's, it's you, you see the maturity in a receiver. You have the, the advantage of having uh, uh, an amazing... Val Verde. Val Verde. What the fuck does that mean? Guy in uh, Sammy Watkins who's drawing all the, the double coverages. So he's getting the one-on-one coverage and he's starting to do a better job. And you have a decent quarterback in Kyle Wharton who can get on the ball. So True. in this game, I, I see Aqib Tlaib being a guy who's going to be shadowing on uh, Sammy Watkins. And that's why I say that Robert Woods is going to be, you know, a much more better of a value play, especially if you're looking at for a flex play. And it, it wouldn't shock me. That, see, this is the type of game where... Um, even the number two wide receiver can't be dependent on because, I mean, they have Harris out there, you know, who's actually pretty good himself. This is the type of game where you got to look at maybe the three. And Hogan, I can That's see maybe stepping up and having a pretty decent game in this one. Wouldn't shock me if he had like six or seven catches for like 71 yards, 75 yards, something like that. So anyway, I, I, I mean, moving on. Oh, and it wouldn't also wouldn't shock me because Denver has never been really good against tight ends. It wouldn't shock me if Chandler caught a uh, red zone touchdown. Tutty. Yeah. Yeah. That really wouldn't shock me at all. So are we uh, we're done with that game then? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, okay. it, it, yeah, pretty much. Who is it? Jay Lester, the TV writer, the syndication machine. Fuck actors. Too much heartache. You signed Jim Carrey so you can get the guy that created Drew Carey, right? Jay fired his agency yesterday, and we have to nail this guy. So why am I going? Because he's a queen, just like you. He's never had a straight agent. And if I'm going to be his first, I have to show him that I'm a friend to the gay man. But you're not a friend to the gay man, are you? Lloyd, this is the big one. So just go grab your best dress and know that today your love of cock is a huge asset to this company. Stag party. I don't. I don't really want to follow that. Yeah. <laughs> you had your hand up. Yeah, you're gonna have to, bro. Yeah. yeah. I just wanted to talk about the next game. Uh, we got the Chiefs versus the Cardinals. Uh, you know, word came out today that Arians tried to trade for an Alex Smith uh, when he first became head coach of you know the Cardinals. That's kind of a you know big news when it comes down the wire. You know, something you don't hear too often about is that Alex Smith was this kind of preferred option to run his offense, which seems contra- contrary to popular belief, yeah. seeing as how he usually likes strong arm quarterbacks who can throw it on the field. Throw it on the field. And Take not, chances. And that's exactly the opposite of an Alex Smith. <laughs> not necessarily things that Alex Smith does well. But, uh, Sounds to me like a, a, a Tuesday. Uh, Tuesday Newsday? Yeah. <laughs> Tuesday Newsday, yeah, boys. Pretty much. Uh, but, Tuesday uh, Newsday. You know, we got two pretty good defenses here. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got Andre Alli- or Ellington with the severe hip air pointer. quotes for air the court. third week in a row. Uh, hip pointer. Uh, hip pointer. So, you know, he's definitely going to be a guy. Well, severe not, not, not for three weeks in a row, but especially this week because he left last week. Yeah. Uh, with one carry for, or three carries for 12 yards and, and then out. Yeah. So I'm telling you, as an Ellington owner and one of the bigger fans of the Duke, that the Duke needs to be on your bench no matter what this week, even if he does play. And I and his dog, me and you were talking earlier, and you said, and I agree with you, he's probably not playing this week because they got a Thursday game coming up after. Exactly. That there's there's no point in playing him. He's a guy that you you, you want to depend on. You've been you have been depending on him the whole season, giving him 
Um, I think it's the second most or th- uh, third most touches in the entire league this year. You, you really got to uh, take it easy with him, especially if you're going to play a, a quick Thursday night game afterwards. Why, why would you risk him this Sunday? Um, it just wouldn't make sense, especially if he's getting over supposedly an air quote severe hit pointer. Now, the other thing, too, though, who then steps in? And this is the interesting thing because everyone was everybody. Oh, sure, but everyone would have thought it would have been Stefan Taylor would be the main guy. So when Ellington went out early in the game last last week, it wasn't. It was it was Grice, Grice, Grice. Marion Grice, Grice that only had five carries, but Taylor didn't get a carry. The only time that you saw Taylor was when he had the uh, two point conversion. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, of course, you know, we, you know, which of course, uh, you know, it's it's something, but. I don't trust. I would not trust either of those backs this week. You I would trust play. any of them. No, I would play. not start a single Arizona back unless Ellington plays, and even then, I would be extremely iffy about it. Um, I wouldn't expect the same volume you've been getting at most ten to fifteen, uh, you know, touches, which ain't going to do a whole hell of a lot for you. Um, so, I, you know, when it comes to Arizona, I think they're going to pass. They're going to pass a lot. I think Fitz comes back this week, and if Fitz comes back this week, um, that definitely helps things. Well, and if, go ahead. Especially we got Drew Stanton at home, where he's played, you know, appreciably better. Yeah. So we've got that going for us. Yep. Uh, well, if you're uh, Arizona, Arizona Cardinals, fan. right, and or Arizona Cardinal owner, which yeah. I happen not to be. Well, as a person who owns a few Arizona Cardinals, which has been very struggling to deal with this year. Yeah. Uh, here's your situation when you look at wide receivers. If Larry Fitzgerald comes back. You had a breakout game last week from Jerron Brown. Not John Brown, Jerron Brown. Uh, Jerron Brown will then become irrelevant again because it's John Brown that, Ar- that Bruce Arians likes. And if Fitzgerald's out there, it's Fitzgerald, Floyd, and John Brown. And Jerron Brown is only getting out there in four wide receiver sets. So as highly targeted as... five snaps in the entire game and maybe one target. Right. So as highly targeted as he was last week and as effective as he was, he's not going to be that way this week. No. Um, I'll say as far as Michael Floyd goes... It's the same old, same old. Same old. You're not getting it. You know, he can have the advantage of the matchup or whatever. It's not happening. I think Fitzgerald is the thing that that really, the guy who that helps the most is obviously Fitzgerald, as well as John Brown. Because John Brown needs to have the real threat. And Michael Floyd is not the real threat right now to make him successful. That's why he was shut down last week. And that's why, because they were looking to him then as the number two guy. And it was the number three, Jerron Brown, who succeeded. Who will succeed when Fitzgerald comes back and they have Floyd out there? It's the number three guy. That's John Brown. It's a strange thing. Last week, um, I, I kept looking at that game over and over and over again. I realized, you know, like, listen, Fitz, Fitz is going to be out, so Jerron Brown is going to be in there. I had him down like around like 85. And then I moved him up to like 80. Then I moved him up to like 74. Then I moved him up to like 71. And then I moved him up to like 60-something. I kept moving Jerron Brown up. I'm like, this guy's actually going to get targets. Wait, he's going to get more targets than I think. Wait a second. John Brown's going to be covered like a motherfucker. Michael Floyd again. shit. Jerron Brown, he, that guy's going to get a lot. Mm-hmm. you gotta, you got to think of these things. Uh, every game that these guys go into, it's a different story. You can't look at whole year stats. You can't look at, like, oh, this guy got 15 targets last week. He's going to get 15 again. This guy got five targets last week. He's only going to get three or four this week. It's a whole different story every single week. If Larry Fitzgerald comes back, it's obviously a different story for every single player on that team. Um, obviously, if Larry comes back, Larry's going to get the majority of the targets. I'll he tell you should. that right now, plain and simple. Um, if he comes back, it means he's healthy. Yeah. He wanted to come back last week. He wanted to come back two weeks ago, to be quite honest. 
If he comes back, he's got the majority of targets. He's going to be the leading wide receiver again. Well, let's flip it to Kansas City now because now you got you know the battle of one of the most premier running backs against the premier run defense. Yeah, Jamal Charles and and Arizona defense in a crucial playoff game for any Jamal Charles owner. Mm-hmm. What are they going to expect in this matchup? Especially since it's Jamal on the road. Arizona's going to uh, bunch the line even more than they used to. They're going to go all out and stop uh, Jamal Charles and hope that, uh, I mean, I, I don't think they're going to, I mean, they know that their corners can take care of the wide receivers. That won't be a problem. They're going to hope that Travis Kelsey won't kill them. Because they've had problems with tight ends in the past, obviously, and we all know that. Uh, and Kelsey is a difference maker. But Anthony Fasano is the one who gets the touchdowns. I know, right? And Honey, Honey Badger is out. And Honey Badger is going to be out. For that's a fact. Two, three weeks is what they're saying as of right now. Yeah. So, you know, that's kind of a big thing. But, you know, Buchanan has stepped in very nicely. Yeah. Um, and with his size, he might have more luck if they... They, they don't run enough kind of defensive gear towards stopping a tight end to even worry about it. So if sure. you own a Travis Kelsey, I, you know, I own a Travis Kelsey, and, you know, he's had a string of three to four real nice matchups where he's been hit or miss. So, yeah. But I think I'm crazily going to plead insanity and start his ass again. I, I don't even think, I don't think it's insanity because, like, as we mentioned earlier in the podcast here, you know, besides like the big, you know, three or four, whatever, you know, whatever the tight end situation is, it's a, it's a crapshoot. You know, I mean, some guy, Greg Olson has his three for thirty games, two for twenty games, or whatever, something like that. And he, you know, he's a guy who gets targeted. Look, it used to be Kelsey's one of the big guys you got to go with. They used to be the old standard was a wide receiver that was good or a decent wide receiver would score you points one out of every three games. A really, really top five wide receiver would score you two out of every three games if you were lucky. Now you get points almost every week from guys like Antonio Brown. Like, oh yeah. The, the whole standard of how points are scored and wherever in the league have changed. But tight ends, there where we had the Gronk and the, and the Jimmy Graham that were like the breakout wide receiver type guys, they're they're gone now. They're, and it's they've come back to the fold where they're giving you a good game one out of every four. Yeah, you know, and that's that's what you're getting out of tight ends. Exactly, so, and you're getting and, and you're getting lucky when you hit. I right to say it, but you're getting lucky when you hit. If you don't have, and even Graham, yeah. who had nothing last week, right? You're still. I mean, that's unlucky to be honest. You're starting him every week, no matter what. But that was unlucky. But I mean, whatever. I mean, you know, Anthony Bassano, I hate to say it, he's more of the red zone guy. He's right. the type of guy they love throwing touchdowns to. Like, it's not a terrible streaming start for you. I want to finish our talk here on Kansas City and then okay. move on to the next game, but I want, I want to finish it on Jamal Charles. Okay. How many 100-yard games does he have rushing this year? Um, I'm going to say either zero or one. 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 And who was it against? Uh, Stags, you do walk so heavy, it's unbelievable. <laughs> you are a heavy walker. Fuck you guys. <laughs> I want to say it was, it was against a tough team. Seattle. It was against Seattle. Bam. Yes, yes. So, you look at him against Seattle, and, and then you say he had 159 yards against them. A tough running defense team. Mm-hmm. And they just kept feeding him the ball, feeding him the ball, feeding him the ball. And this is, where again, where I look at Arizona, and they know that they, they know Seattle very well. So, that game tape, that's the one that they're going to look at the closest. And that's the one that they're going to study from, and that's why I agree with you. It's a tougher game for, for Jamal Charles. I agree. 
So for your for your uh, soft walking, I got this for you here, Stags. What the fuck are you wearing? I'm trying out new looks. This one's my Andre 3000. You like? No, I don't. You look like Michelle Kwan in drag. Why don't you do a triple fucking axle over to the phone to try Cameron again? Dude, why do they talk to Val Verde like that? Because you did a triple fucking axle on your way out of here. I had to, I had to give it to you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next game. The second, oh no, this is the third of the, of the uh, late games. Uh, we got the Seattle Seahawks at Philadelphia. What do we think here? Because this uh, this is a big game as far as uh, NFC playoff aspirations, as far as where seedings are going to go. Seedings, yeah, um, the whole situation. Yeah. Um, and LaShawn Le- McCoy, who's hot? I mean, welcome back, LaShawn McCoy. Nice yeah, right? to see you again. I feel like we were good friends last season, and then <laughs> you went and, and you fucking like, cheated on me. Uh but yeah, welcome, welcome back. Nice to see you again. With, with your ex college roommate's uh, boyfriend's girlfriend, who had an look uncle that on, once had look a her girl. up on Twitter, and you'll like thank me later. Okay. <laughs> uh, but anyways, Lashawn McCoy is back, but you know Seattle is also back. They're the most dominant defense uh, by far in the league in terms of fantasy points again. Uh, they're the fantasy enigma, fantasy black hole, and, that, and yet they're still not back to that level that they were last season. True. And but hey, they're getting healthy again, and that means scary, scary things. Very scary. But you know, Jamal Charles, a very similar runner, did have a nice game against them earlier in the season. Uh, so, but yeah. You're going to ride LaShawn McCoy because he was your number one overall pick, whether we tell you to or not. Well, but here's the thing I think about McCoy this week. I, I think that they know what happened. Seattle knows what happened to them with Jamal Charles. And they know that Philadelphia's going to be watching that game tape. But at the same time, Philadelphia runs a different style of offense. But it's been, it's been more predictable with Mark Sanchez under quarterback than it was with Nick Foles. And this is the thing that I think is the most interesting and where LaShawn McCoy needs to be effective is in the receiving game this week. And that's something that has not happened for him. Do you know that he has three receptions in his last four games? Combined? Total. Three receptions in his last four games. These are all Mark Sanchez games. So they're they're just using him as a running back right now, and it's like, this is one of those situations where you're going to need to find ways to get the ball into his hands. And I think that... It's a problem. It's going to be a problem because you need him to, to get six catches in this game, and he, it, I don't, don't see it happening. I mean, it definitely should be a focal point of the offense. Uh, Seattle's given up the third... or tied for the third most catches uh, to opposing running backs. So you definitely need to see him get involved in the screen game. But I definitely... Don't know if it can happen or if Mark Sanchez, you know, Chip Kelly's uh, comfort level with Mark Sanchez in the screen game is kind of there. Because I have seen Mark Sanchez make some very, very questionable plays in the past on screen games that you usually don't see from other NFL quarterbacks. That's a fact. That's That's a fact. Seattle is going to pressure. They're going to pressure and they're going to pressure hard. Um, they're going to make sure that this game is in their control. Yeah, and that's that's the way you're going to beat Philadelphia at this point. Well, this, is, this is an interesting thing too. Hold, hold on, scrimmage. we have a rebattle of were they not uh, coaches against each other in college? 
Yeah. Chip Kelly and Pac-12. Pete Carroll. Oh, Pac-10 back Pac-10. then. Oh, yeah. This is this, oh, for this, sure. That's right. And two of the most successful college coaches ever to come to the NFL so far. Right. It's interesting, right? So, and they're battling on the East Coast for this one. But, hey, uh, <laughs> I look at it, and I'm also, let's talk about the receivers now. Because Jerry Macklin finally got back into 100 yards after being shut down for his previous three games before yep. that with Mark Sanchez. So that was finally nice to see him come through. He still didn't score a touchdown. He only has one touchdown since Mark Sanchez has been there. Uh, then there's Jordan Matthews, and this guy loves having uh, Mark Sanchez Absolutely. as his quarterback and, and has done extremely well. Uh, again, last week, um, he, he catches another touchdown. Uh, in his last four games, he now has four touchdowns, three in his last four games, uh, one with two touchdowns. Not getting, you know, and, and has uh, 200-yard games in that span, although he's been shut down as far as the 100-yard games in his last two with 77 and 51. Only 12.8 yards per catch the last couple of games, yeah. too, um, when they were up around 20, uh, 19.7 and 21.4 last, uh, the two games before that. So, I mean, it's it, they're definitely using him more, they're using him differently now because they've realized just how valuable he is. Uh, it's strange because sometimes when you realize somebody is more valuable, you tend to use him in different ways. And he was almost more valuable the way you used to use him because it was kind of a sneaky thing. Uh, but so Jordan Matthews is not going to sneak up on anybody anymore. And I think they're going to pressure the hell out of him. They're going to throw pressure, pressure, pressure pass defense against them, pressure run defense against them. I think it's going to try and force Sanchez into mistakes, uh, try and hit Macklin and hit uh, Matthews off the line uh, with the with the big corners that they have and, and see what falls from there. Here's the thing with Matthews, though. He plays like 95% of his snaps out of the slot. So you're not going to be able to knock this guy off the line too much because he's got that yard kind of buffer between him and the yeah. defense. Plus, typically in the slot, you know, I think, uh, who, who does Seattle have in the slot now? Uh, Maxwell or... Yeah, no, Maxwell came back, I think. Okay, yeah. so Maxwell's playing in the slot now, and he's not one of the bigger corners that they have. No. So, uh, he's in the 5'11 range. Um, not and, even, I don't think. And, you know, which is where Seattle's had successes with their big corners on the outside. They've definitely been able to have by slot receivers. So I definitely like a Jordan Matthews this week. All the other receivers, you know, it's kind of hard. Well, Riley Cooper, you're not touching with a 10-foot pole. Uh, And Seattle has given up the fewest fancy points to wide receivers this year by far. You're not going to not start Macklin, though. You're going to start him, and you just have to realize that you're going to need to get other helps. uh, It's not just temper expectations. I wouldn't expect a fucking thing. I'll be honest right now. I, I I don't see more than three catches for 30 yards. Really? So you're like, if you owned him, him and you owned him and you're in the fantasy playoffs, you're not starting Jeremy Macklin. I, I think it's the toughest thing in the world to to not do that. To, see, to not I, start a guy, but I don't think I don't think I see here's a guy that's guy just too much potential for to make a play. That I look at it this way. I'm not gonna look at him like I've looked at him all season as a wide receiver one type guy. I have to look at him as a flex play, which means then that if I, I mean, because most guys' rosters, if you have Macklin, you probably, especially if you're in a 12 or 14 team league, you don't have anybody else that you're going to have to be able to slot over him 
unless it's a supreme matchup, which there are no supreme matchups this week for the most part. I would part. think that Macklin would probably have been the, the second or third receiver you took on your team. When you drafted, start. but not what scored points for you throughout the year. Since. Yeah, I agree. Okay, he turned into your wide receiver one. That's no, what I'm you saying. could have a Calvin Johnson. Well, maybe. Okay, hey, you, well, you took. Well, listen, listen. Ten team league, fine. I'm talking. I'm talking bigger leagues, and the odds are probably not because he was still a third, fourth round pick. Yeah, for some, for most, yeah, right. I guess. Fifth so. round, the latest. He wasn't going that far deep. And okay. and 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 the thing is that because everyone was projecting, well, Deshaun Jackson's gone. He's in Deshaun. You know, and then exactly what happened. Yeah, but people were afraid of the injury still. Well, that's, either way, either way. He was also playing for a contract, so I mean, I, uh, we could we could, we could volley this one back and forth. We have yeah, table no, I mean, I, I mean, I, I saw him. I saw him going so, so, the tenth round, and I saw him going the. It's second a stupid round. point, but my point is, so you know that just temper your expectations. Know then that you're going to need. You're not going to get a high output game out of them. You're hoping for a good game, but you don't count on it. So know then if there's a guy that you need to two choices for like your flex. You need a risk guy with a high reward versus a steady guy. Maybe now because your top guy is, is limited in his potential, you need to then go for the more risky guy to give you the other potential for high that's end reward. Call. I like that. That's a that's a great call when it comes to something like this. It's how you um, set your lineup. I mean, it is, and that, that's the specifics that you got to look at and you got to understand. Listen, my top guy that I've been depending on might not have that great of a game, so I might need to take a risk on somebody else just to get some top top end numbers. Right. So let's talk about okay. Seattle and uh, let's move them through them pretty quick because uh, we're getting deep. Yeah, yeah there's. Here. I mean, there's not much to talk about here. I, I see that. I, I see Lynch getting a, a nice workload in this one. You know, Philly's been giving it up through the air quite a bit, but I, I mean, I don't see Wilson throwing the ball all of a sudden like 45 times or something like that. Uh, they've been keeping very conservative through the air. How, how many times did he throw it last week? 22, 25 at most or something like that? Yeah. Um, so I, it, the guy isn't throwing the ball all that much. There's not much to throw to, to be quite honest. Um, one of the biggest threats that they have right now going for him, strangely, is. Your Iowa guy. That's right, Tony Moyaki. Tony Moyaki. I'm telling you, <laughs> I, I love that he can. I love that he ended up there. I think that's a great place for him. To yeah. be quite honest, their their uh, tight ends have been very mediocre. Uh, you know, mostly I don't know. I what mean, was the last great tight end that came out of Seattle? Well, I think it was a great call getting Zach Miller, but you started to use him no, no, as a no, blocker. No. Who was the best? Uh, Zach Miller doesn't count. <laughs> Who was the last really good tight end to ever play in Seattle? I'm trying to even think. I don't know if the history of this organization has ever had really a great tight end. I don't have time for this. <laughs> yeah, we're going to move on. I'm uh, not thinking of somebody. But, uh, you know, Philadelphia has given up the sixth most rushing yards uh, to opposing quarterbacks uh, with 205 a game. But zero touchdowns. No touchdowns, yeah. But they've given up a nice, you know, yards per carry number, two over five. Yeah. Uh, so... You're definitely going to look for Russell Wilson to have a nice rushing game, exactly. as he has uh, for most of the year. Uh, if anybody's going to break the seal of rushing touchdowns by a quarterback against Philadelphia, who better than Russell Wilson? I agree. Uh, I agree. So, I think Russell Wilson's a real nice play this week. Uh, you know, he's sort of the same guy he is always, though. The low uh, low, low floor, high or High floor, low ceiling kind of guy. Yeah. So, not much has changed. You know, maybe in the eight to twelve kind of quarterback range. So, yeah. stick okay. with them if you got them. 
Let me let me talk about Marshawn Lynch, and then I'll let you take the wide receivers, and then we'll move on to the next don't game. Even, who, Lynch, don't even talk to the wide. Yeah, there's really nothing to talk about there. Yeah. I mean, they're they're all middling waiver wire pickup guys yeah, yeah. for the most part. So Lynch ran for 104 yards last week, which was his third 100-yard game in his last four. Uh, the Eagles are allowing 18.8 points a game to running backs, and have given up. Uh, in their, this is in their last three weeks: 227 rushing yards, 115 receiving yards, and four touchdowns to running backs. So uh, while Lynch uh, has been held out of the end zone uh, uh, in the last three weeks, that's ending this week. He is scoring a touchdown. Plus the yeah. I'll give you that for sure. <laughs> well, when they're in tight, they give the ball to Marshawn Lynch, and Philadelphia isn't that great of a red zone defense. Yep. No, that's a fact. That is a fact. All right. So, uh, let's see. We got... Come on, you work. I overslept. Hey, so what's in the gym bag? Uh, it's a kilo blow. What's with all the fucking questions? Yeah, what's with all the questions? Let's move on to the next game. Good day. 49ers at Raiders, another exciting afternoon game. Oh wow! Dog, why don't you just take this one and run with it? We're uh, we're at two hours and twenty five minutes. We need to we need to roll, roll, roll through this game. Okay. Um, the best player to start in this whole game is the bridge. <laughs> it's getting a lot of action. Is that the, what you're the saying? The bridge is going to get a lot of action in this game. Um, a lot of people leaving and crossing the bridge. Uh, Latavius Murray will will probably be back in this game, but it's not a great game to start him. It's going against the San Fran uh, rush defense. That's all they're going to be concentrating on. They're going to bunch a line against Latavius. Uh, Derek Carr has been terrible lately. Started off a little bit hot way early in the season. They're not going away from him, and nothing has improved all that much. So I just don't see all that much on the passing game to be going on. San Fran can be had in the pass a little bit. I just don't see it. All that much, yeah. On David Carr and uh, the rest is or Derek Carr, whichever one it fucking is. Uh, <laughs> Rod Streeter, it's, it's Derek. It's Derek. It's Derek. Rod Streeter going to be back this week? Um, supposedly, uh, they were about to activate him last week. Didn't do it. He might be back this week. Don't see it making that much of a difference, but it's possible. S- sneaky play in a you know daily league. Uh, very sneaky. Very sneaky. <laughs> Very sneaky that will most likely not pay off. But, uh, either way, whatever the case. Um, Rivera, obviously, he, Michael Rivera, the tight end, had his heyday for a little bit there and fell off the charts, as he should have. But, uh, you know, that is what it is. Uh, when it comes to the San Fran offense, I can actually see uh, Kaepernick having a decent day. Finally. Uh, Oakland can be had. Uh, against uh, uh, not just quarterbacks, but running quarterbacks can actually do something against them too. Um, it's maybe a little bit tough to run the dirt, uh, you know, on that field. But uh, no, 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 it's covered up now. Baseball's over. Oh, that's right. Baseball is over there. Huh? That's right. Yeah. yeah so that's all grass. I guess it is. Um, so it is all grass. Yeah. That, that, you know. So it should be okay. I guess. I, I don't know. Maybe it will be. Maybe it won't be. Uh, Frank Gore should be able to get about 17 to, uh, eight, 17 to 20 carries in this one. I assume that they'll probably just try and pound that ball a little bit. Uh, Gore should have a decent game. I could see Hyde maybe getting a touchdown. Um, anybody who is ever thinking about Vernon Davis, just don't anymore. I, I tried to bring him back for a week or two, <laughs> and I, 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 I failed. Yeah. yeah. I mean, what about... You know, Oakland's actually had great success against opposing wide receivers this season, giving up 19.4 fantasy points a game, which is top five 
in the league. Yeah, it's because How ridiculous they run against them. Yeah, it's because everybody's <laughs> run against them. They get up early and they just run, run, run. There's no point in uh, passing anymore. Um, I would say that, that listen, o- Oakland actually isn't a, doesn't have a terrible middle at defense. You know, they actually have decent linebackers, and, and their and their defensive line isn't terrible either. It's not the easiest thing to run against them um, if you don't have, like, a really quick breakout type of running back, which the, the 49ers don't really have, to be quite honest. I don't see Gore pulling away from anybody, making a ton of moves anymore. Hyde's never been a big, like, make-a-move type of guy. Um it could be a slow and rough-and-tumble type of game a little bit. They might have to pass a little bit. It wouldn't shock me if Kaepernick threw for a touchdown or two. Yeah, that's about it. Yeah. I, got, I got one last thing to say about this game. Who is it? Jay Lester, the TV writer. Oh, the syndicate. I gave you that one already. I came down here tonight to a part of town that I only drive through fast because I wanted to show you that I'm 100% dedicated to being your agent, all right? In fact, I will reserve a center table, sit here with you, hold your hand while you write or chase cock, whatever it is you do, but I can't let you leave with Lloyd. I'm sorry. Well, I'm very sorry to hear you say that, Ari, because I've wined him, I've dined him. And if he's not coming home with me tonight, these papers aren't getting signed. That is actually fine with me, because you know what? We may be whores at my agency, but we ain't pimps. We ain't pimps. We ain't. We definitely ain't pimps here. All right, Patriots at the Chargers, the last of the afternoon game. Oh no, Actually, the Sunday, Sunday, Sunday night game. Sunday night. Interesting. Right. Yeah, big this, game too. This, this is, is one of my favorite games of the week. Go then, you lead it off. Uh, what's not to like from either side? You got Keenan Allen, who's just been turning it on recently. Been one of the top, you know, fifteen to twenty wide receivers over the last five weeks. And Dog has been on top of it, having him in the top fifteen of his rankings the last few weeks as well. Yes, he's been in the top fifteen. Dog Manica, by the way, Pyro Promo, who is still number six overall in the fantasy pros uh, accuracy. Yeah. Uh, so twenty fifth this week out of one hundred and thirty. Not not number one. Sorry, but. Hey, it's, we can't it's always be number one. No, uh, twenty-five ain't too bad though. Out of one hundred and thirty, you know, you're, you're talking, you know, eighteenth percentile or whatever. Pretty damn good. I like it. I like it. Yeah. I like it too. One more pyro promo. Uh, my bitch slap article will be coming out. The installment three will be coming out. I'll be finishing it. Uh, it will be up by Saturday. So by by Saturday, hit the website, look for it. You want some fun reading on Saturday for all those you. Do you want to lament the players that kept you out of the playoffs? I'm laying the wood to them on uh, on, on this article for Bitch Slap. Installment three, installment four to come for those people who let you down in the playoffs. <laughs> bitch Slap. Get those splinters in that ass. Go ahead, Stags. Was talking about Keenan Allen? You were. Keenan Allen was doing real well. Uh, <laughs> scoring touchdowns, you know, doing things he wasn't doing at the beginning of the season. Uh, definitely getting a lot. Not a lot of targets, but doing a lot with the targets he's getting. Uh, catching a lot of passes, being a great PPR kind of guy. Uh, you know, things like that. And it's just great to see. You know, Eddie Royal has fallen off, which you expected. Uh, Malcolm Floyd's been... You know, getting banged three, up here and there. Banged up, yeah. three for six. still then catching up. a huge long pass down the oh, field. Every game, it's one long pass, a couple of short ones. That's it. Three for 74, three for 80. Three you know. for 65. <laughs> I couldn't believe, though, that that one last week. He got knocked out of the game, came back in. Yes. Made that long catch. I'm like, 
he was he was a good five yards ahead of the guy yeah. when he caught the ball. But obviously he had to slow down a little bit to catch the ball and then allow the defender to catch him. What was it, like a seven yard line or something? Yeah. By that point in time, oh, I'm like, get in the end zone. No, I was I was facing Rivers. Don't get in the end zone. Don't <laughs> there get in the end zone. Go. There you go. But, I had Rivers, so there you go. <laughs> yeah. New England's defense is very good. You saw for points in that game against Green Bay, and Green Bay probably has one of the top three, you know, receiving cores in the game. Uh, you saw it; they're very good, and Darrell Revis is back, except for that one play where yeah. Jordy Nelson got away on that slant. Uh, but they're definitely back. So I don't know if I like well, Keenan Allen. Well, I, I disagree with you because as good as New England has been, again, you look at it for the full year. That's what you'll see. What is it? Sixteen point two fantasy points a game to quarterbacks. Well, over the last four weeks, they're giving up an average of twenty four point six games uh, points a game to fantasy uh, points to quarterbacks. So. They are being scored on right now. And but you also look at who were those opponents in the last four games. Right, some good opponents. You yeah, got exactly. Denver, I mean, you got yeah. Green Bay, you got... Yeah, Green uh, Bay, you got uh, Peyton Manning. Right. And yeah. Denver, but they right. shut down Matthew Stafford in there, too. Right. I, don't, I wouldn't say... But that game was also at home. And this game is East Coast team traveling uh, to the West Coast. West Coast. But they've Brandon. been on the West Coast all week. Well, not only that, and, and plus it's also because it's a night, it's a night game, too. No, they did not. They did not go home to New England this week. They've they been in... California wow. all week. That's amazing. And, After, and wow. It's even more impressive, too, because this is not a game that you would normally have the East Coast, West Coast effect because it's a night game. Yeah. So when they're actually starting at, what what, what time is that on the on the West Coast? It's uh, 6.30? Yeah. It's probably more close to what they would normally be playing if they're playing an Four, afternoon game in, in, yeah, in, in, in New England. So it's not like your time... Clock would have been that screwed well, up. They have been in California since. Oh, there you go. That's Bill Belichick for you. Sweatshirts. Does Belichick bring in his wardrobe then? The you, you know what? Five. You know when you one see like the nine. movies of like you know the guy that has like shit. I'd say two, and <laughs> he wears the same one over. over. No, 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 no. This I'm saying it's like bad. I'm saying he's got like the like the closet right. A closet where like you know like, rotating suits and stuff throughout the closet. His just all the same gray hoodie. Oh, so there's like there's, there's like 75 of them or 125, just all of them. You know, which one do I want to wear today? Let me hit the button. No, you know what? Stop. I'll he take this one. the button down and it's always going. It's just got to pick just, one. Just pick one as it's going. Yeah. Belichick's going to come out today in like a Patriots logoed Hawaiian shirt on Sunday. Patriots logoed Hawaiian shirt. With cut off sleeves and, and, and a hood. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. A vest hoodie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where are you going, Ari? I have a meeting. At the Playboy Mansion? You know, Playboy Mansion, strip clubs, whorehouses, I go where the meetings are. Right, it's my fucking job. I went three weeks in the south of France with the children. Oh my god, baby. Of course you can go. With you. And if you're not home by 2 a.m.? I'm going to be standing at the gate screaming, Ari Gold, super agent for Goddess Viagra. Sounds good. <laughs> Sounds yeah. good. It sounds like Ryan Matthews forgot his Viagra. Yeah, <laughs> Especially last week. Uh, well, do we like a Ryan Matthews this week? Um, yes and no. Um, they're, they're going to run him a lot. Uh, they're going to try and keep the ball away from New England. That's for sure. They, they want to try and control the ball in this game. Um, they know that it is tough to pass against New England. Um, granted, they have given up some points lately, but that's against elite 
like I said, I mean, you faced Aaron Rodgers, you faced Peyton Manning. Obviously, those are going to give up a lot of points, which skews the points a little bit. Um, is Rivers the same as those guys? Is uh, Keenan Allen and you know Eddie Royal and you know those guys are they the same as Jordy Matthews, Randall Cobb, uh, Demaryius Thomas, and Emmanuel Sanders? No, they're not. So I, I, I see them trying to run the ball quite a bit, especially being in San Diego. They're going to want to control that clock, keep it away from New England. So I see Ryan Matthews getting 25 to 30 touches. In this see, I, see, I, see I, don't, I don't know how successful it's going to be, though. The Patriots, even with the, you know, and they faced them, you know, including uh, Eddie Lacy last week. In their last three games, uh, they've held running backs to 164 rushing yards with no touchdowns. Yeah. An average of 9.4 fantasy points per week. Yeah. That's pretty good. That is pretty good. I've also seen San Diego completely buck trends like that. I, I hear you. You know, uh, yep. it's 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 rare, and I usually don't like to go against trends because the numbers do tell the tale. Usually, you don't go against a Valverde. What the fuck does that mean? It, it, it means you just don't you normally go against it. That's what it means, motherfucker. I love that you have to answer that every time. <laughs> I do. I, 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 well, they, keep, they keep asking me the same question. I keep. I, I, he wants to know. Well, all right. So, I, basically, listen. San Diego does buck that trend. They are the type of team that they run and they run hard. And when they try and run it and they try and keep control of that ball, they do it and they do it very well. And they've shown to do it very well over to, you know, it stood the test of time for a couple of years now, year and a half at least, two years. That's the way that it works for them. They're going to do this against this team. I'm telling you, they're not going to sit there and try and pass against Revis and Browner and try and beat them at home. What's the point? All right. I I agree with you. I agree with you. I want to flip it, though. Let's look at the guy who has come on since coming back to this team, the Patriots, in the last couple weeks. LeGarrette Blunt. This is a guy that many people have picked up, and now they're wondering, do I start him this week in my fantasy playoffs? And I'm one of these guys. I don't know. I have him. I've had him stashed for so long behind guys like Lamar Miller, who has a tough matchup this week. Jeremy Hill, who I'm not sure what's going on in his situation with Giovanni Bernard. Uh, Andre Ellington, who's potentially going to be out. So I'm going to be forced to play him. And if I am, or if I'm in a choice, am I happy? San Diego, good against the run. But not very good at yards per carry. You can gain yards against this uh, against this team, and I think that Blount can. Is there anyone in the league that runs angrier than? Touch. Is there anyone that runs angrier than Legarrette Blunt? Did you see him running last week? Well, uh, Lynch. But besides, <laughs> okay. Besides, uh, you know, you ever seen a, you ever seen a guy knock another Skittles, guy out, out on the football Skittles. field with a with a punch? Even though it was in college? Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. no it's, it's rare. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> Blount is definitely one of the anger, angrier runners. Um, and he should be able to gain some yards against his team. But they don't give a lot, uh, up a lot of rushing touchdowns. I think it's only five on the year. Something along those lines. I'll, I'll, five I'll, rushing I'll, find, out, I'll year. find that out for you here in a second. But um, uh, they do give up a lot of receptions to running backs. And they give up a bunch of uh, receiving touchdowns to running backs. So it wouldn't shock me if of Rain got involved a little bit, who's been kind of ignored for a few weeks now. Um, I don't want to say ignored because he's been used a little bit, but not as much as he normally would be. The five thing is, rushing and five receiving on the season. There you go. There you go. Like, I think I think that's exactly what I said. Yep. Um, so I, he's the, so one, good. 
It, it, I, I, I think that Blount is going to have a decent game. I just don't think it's going to be tremendous. It's possible he's one of those guys who can bust through a team like this because if they give up a bunch of yards per carry, it leads me to believe that a power running back can bust through yeah. into the end zone from three, four yards out, two yards out, one yard out. That wouldn't shock me if Blount got a touchdown from close in. All right, so now the other one, we know that you're going to start Gronkowski. If you got Gronk, you're starting Gronk, and you're happy with the way he's been playing as a player. However, San Diego's been awesome against tight ends. Yeah, but Gronk's, you know what? Unlike, unlike, unlike Jimmy Graham. Um, yeah, and unlike Jimmy Graham, who has been shut down this year. When Gronk's been healthy, he's not been completely shut down like that. No, he still he still gets his. Right. He still gets his. The biggest However, question to me, though, is, is Brandon LaFell, who showed up big last week. Is this a week where he continues that trend? Brandon Flowers. Brandon Flowers is on San Diego now. I know people don't, you don't quite realize me. that because that you not, don't not buy people. me Brandon Flowers anymore. I, I you know what that was the greatest one of the greatest team names of our mock drafts. Yeah, that that that's a good one. Yeah, that was a that good one. is that's that was a great, Charlie that Don't was Surf. A good one. Was that, that who was it? Charlie Don't Surf. That was Charlie Don't Surf. That was a good yeah. one. You don't that buy me Brandon really Flowers anymore. <laughs> um, kid can still play and he could still uh, he can still cover. And when you're talking about the number one receiver, I, I don't see LaFell as... LaFell, you can't remember, was a number two on Carolina for a while. Mm-hmm. He's great within the system, and he's doing well within it, but you put a, an elite corner on him, it's not. I, I don't see him breaking free of that so much. Yeah. It's not like he has any special skills, uh, uh, LaFell. Um, will he have an okay game? Sure. Mm-hmm. But um, it wouldn't shock me if... Uh, New England tried to fight fire with fire. You know, I could see them trying to run the ball a little bit. I could see them using the tight ends a little bit and trying to bust uh, bust a power game against this uh, slow and tumbled San Diego D. The two teams that like time of possession. But the thing yes. is, we've also got to remember, Patriots will do things you know, completely offbeat. Completely offbeat. Things they didn't do last week. Uh, so expect Shane Vereen to be involved a little more. Uh, even though San Diego has been, you know, very very tough against running backs from last. They year. tried to get Shane Vereen involved early last week though, they, and it just it they then it just five total looks. That's not I know, but it was early. Enough. He got he got a rushing attempt, and then they were and then and then not was, involved enough. I know. I, I, that's, I'm I'm scared for Vereen. If I'm a playoff guy, I I I, I know how trends and stuff go, but. Uh, and Jonas Gray started to get some carries again last week as well, but I'm two, just, two snaps, not, right? Total. Yeah, it, but he was effective. He ran well in the, in the one carry. But the fact is, who does Belichick trust? It's Blunt at the running back. He does. And at wide receiver, Julian Edelman is is, is still going to be your main your main guy, you know. But he's just not going to give you the, the the big output games. You're going to yeah. be expecting more. He's really more effective only in PPR, yes. right? And LaFell is the guy that's the, the guy that if they're going to be really good, he'll have a really good game. And otherwise, it, it, and, and Grok is Grok. So I, I look. New, the New biggest England. question mark to me, though, is, is Brandon LaFell. I just don't know. I don't know if it's going to be a big game or a nothing game. Belichick doesn't like to lose. And he lost in a big game last week that's against true. a team that, who knows, they could be meeting in the Super Bowl. Yeah. All right. I could see them. Freaking it all up, and that's what he does. Let's go and let's bring in uh, Byron Sims. Let's go and bring back Dobson. 
let's go and freak out and do something completely Dobson different. Dobson had, what, one or two catches on the season? Well, Dobson walked off last week. Yeah, he was actually yeah, was yeah, active yeah. last week, strangely, yeah. and he walked off limping after a couple plays or whatever. So yeah, I, my right. vagina was I, 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 don't, I don't see yeah, I, I see Dobson. I see New England winning this game by about 14 to 20 points. You see New England winning this? Yeah. Somehow? Yeah. You think it's the Chargers? I, I see the Chargers controlling this clock, and I see River right. pulling this one out, strangely. Wow. And now, and you were right. Against, I really do. You were right against me and D-Rex last week. We were wrong uh, betting on Tom Brady. And, yeah. And, no. and, and it was a close game, though. And I think that they got off to just a horrible start. And I'm telling you, I'm looking at this game, and I will I – will, I'll tell you what. I owe you the five right, bucks. You know I'll bet that extra five I'm bucks. Actually, I'll no, bet that extra I'm five actually, bucks with it. I'll just give it to you. If – if San Diego wins, I'll just give it to you. I'm going to give it to you because here's why. Half of a loss, there's no way. Yeah, you're right. I'm not, I'm not, but you're right. I can't bet on San Diego. This and especially week. if they've been in California for the whole week. Yeah, I, I can't bet on San Diego in this one. Brady's going to take his short passes. It'll be short down the field the whole way. Amendola's going to get involved. Uh, it's Edelman. You and said that last week. It, Tim Wright's going to get involved. Um, and, and Gronkowski is going to have a big game. I don't care if it is a, a good team against tight ends. You're right. It is. It's going to be all New England. Gronk's match down the field, down the field, over and over and over. Touchdowns every time. All right, we're going to move on to the next game. But Ari has one more thing to say. Dana, I love you. And if I wasn't married, I'd take you back to Cabo with me. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't Cabo, Ari. It was a red roof in and Rosarito. Well, it sure felt like Cabo to me, Dana. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah. All right, last game of the week. The Falcons at the Green Bay Packers. I'd say this game has some fantasy goodness in it, but the Packers are starting to turn into a real good defense again. Yeah. And that's making them a scary football team. Yeah. I mean, they are the second best football team in our fantasy football power rankings. Uh, you know, them and the Denver Broncos is what. Uh, projections would be for a Super Bowl, and you know I'd be happy to see that game as a fan. Holy cow, would I be <laughs> fucking crap ass happy to fucking <laughs> see that game? Because we know we're not excited to see our Chicago Bears in there, but that's a totally separate point. We won't yeah. revisit for a while until next week. Uh, I don't want to see Seattle in there again. I'll tell you that. No, it's totally yeah. snoozed them. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I would love this game. Is I believe it's going to be fun, but it's not going to be fun for Atlanta. I mean, they're playing on the road Which, and Lambeau Field. Do well. where, and the cold. And the cold. And they got smoked. How many playoffs ago that was? Oh, my God. <laughs> remember that game? That was one of the funnest games I've ever, ever remember watching, though. But, Aaron uh, Rodgers is going to destroy. Eddie Lacy's going to destroy. Um, James Starks is going to get a touchdown. Dewan Harris is going to get a touchdown. James Coon <laughs> is going to get a touchdown. <laughs> John Coons. John Coons. Coons. Yeah, well, James James Coons. James Coons going to get a touchdown. His brother James is going to get a touchdown, too. Uh, They're all getting touchdowns. Here's the thing, too. Like, you look at Matt. 67 to 2. Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan. Listen, I'm going to give give some hope for anyone out there looking at, at Atlanta players, okay? Matt Ryan has thrown for 634 yards and four touchdowns with two interceptions over the last two weeks. Um, he has not thrown for three or more touchdowns in the game since week four. Okay, so let's temper that. Um, 
The Packers are only giving up 16.1 points a game uh, to quarterbacks, which is 13th in the league. Uh, they've allowed two, but they have allowed two passing touchdowns in each of their last yes. three games. Yeah. Um, and allowing an average of 22.4 points to fantasy quarterbacks. Um, in six road games this season, though, Matt Ryan has only thrown for eight touchdowns and six interceptions. So the the one thing that we've always talked about with Matt Ryan, the so I was trying to give some hope here. <laughs> it's tempered hope. Here's where the hope is going to come in. Where you're going to get the points from Matt Ryan is when the Packers are up by 40 points. End of the third quarter. And the Falcons have to throw the ball on every play. That's where you're going to get your garbage yards when they have pulled all their starters in the fourth quarter. If you have started Matt Ryan, (laughs) what you are hoping for is that the Packers score 50 by halftime. Yeah. That's That's what you're hoping for, that they score 30, you know, 31 points at half. So that Ryan is just throwing, 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 which he's going to be doing anyway. But if he's throwing, 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 he's going to score some fantasy points, especially when the Packers start to take out their defensive players because they've just dominated him so bad. That Falcons defense, though it's gotten a little bit better, meh, meh. Exactly. <laughs> you know what? It's, it's not like Rodgers ain't going to fucking destroy him. Their, their head coach, Mike Smith, right? Yeah. I got, I got news for him for uh, what's going to happen. What's the news? You're fired. And in case your ears are fucked, get the fuck out! And the next person I see juggling, tap dancing, or baton twirling, or doing any other circus-like tricks will join him, all right? One-strike policy applies. Now get back to work! God damn, that felt good. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Back! That's what I'm, I'm sorry, but that that's what's going to happen. Listen, Stephen Jackson's actually starting to look pretty good. He's not. He's really he hasn't been that bad. Old form last week. Yeah, he is. He's starting to run with some some ferocity. Because I was going against him. I'm looking at this game going, where is this coming? That that first run. Thank God he got tackled yeah. at the two yard line. Yeah. What was it going to be? A 55 yard touchdown yeah, run? He was going to have the speed. Oh my God. Doesn't have the speed, but he's got the ferocity. Jeez. So, I mean, listen, that's not going to happen against the Packers. No. I'll tell you that right now. Uh, the, the, Roddy White will probably be back. Uh, I'm sorry for all you guys who started Roddy White out there. Listen, I still had him in my rankings. I really thought he was going to play. Um, I think it was rare for people to actually take him out um, if you had if you were thinking at noon. Hope, they had a but I will tell you this. Three o'clock and and, and hopefully, though, you were smart enough because I put him in, in pickups. Uh, Harry Douglas, hopefully you picked him up. Because yeah. he's the guy that's the ultimate insurance policy if you're a Roddy White or a Julio Jones owner. Because when one of those guys goes down, he gets 100 yards. Every, every time. See, like every fucking time. If yeah. somebody goes down, Harry Douglas gets 100 yards. So, I, I, But again, now that Roddy's back, if you were one of those guys that did pick up Harry Douglas, if he plays, you don't start Harry Douglas. No, no, no. Harry's only, only a great start when one of those two is out. Period. Period. But, I, I mean... Listen, like, like, like we said, um, they're going to be losing, and Matt Ryan's going to be throwing the ball, and it's possible that Roddy and or, you know, probably uh, Julio Jones, who's uh, turned it on a little bit lately, uh, will have a decent game simply because it's trash time and, you know, garbage time, whatever. They're, they're just going to have to pass the ball, and that's the way it works. Julio was a fucking monster last week. He was. The things he did against Patrick Peterson. A similar size height, weight, speed ratio corner 
was just ridiculous. The, some of the catches he made were just highlight reels. You know, it was fun to watch. Uh, so, you know, if Julio's on your team, you're not, not going to start him. But, yeah, definitely. It's looking like garbage time versus real time. You know, fantasy points versus real points. And just a bunch of stuff you don't really like to see when watching a game. You know, especially on a Monday night, which last week's game kind of felt like it was that. And then suddenly it wasn't. Yeah, don't have your heart attack at halftime. I'll tell you that. Because you, you, you miss the joy. You miss the rainbow. You know, there's a rainbow at the end there. There's the there's the gold, there's the rainbow. You got it all in the end. Don't have the heart attack at halftime. A lot of shit happens in the second half. It always does. And it will in this game, too, for, for both teams. I mean, Green Bay usually well, uh, strikes with, first and gets the most in, in the first. And game. then garbage yards for the other team as they're, as, as they're playing catch-up at the end. Exactly. So, I... I don't know. I'd, I'd say that pretty much covers it. I mean, well, I, think I, I got well, I got a couple more things to say, but but I just okay. have to say, Ari, swear to me that you will never again say anything offensive to me about my race or my sexual orientation. I can't swear to that, but I promise I will always apologize after. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like that. That's a truthful man. I love and it. We are truthful men here, so. So, oh, by the way, we opened up today with the Grateful Dead uh, mm-hmm. from one from the vault, uh, from a show from when, dog? 1975. It was at the Great American uh, Theater. Uh, 1975. Be- beautiful show. Uh, I actually have an original tape from that show that I got from uh, an old buddy whose dad's uh, cousin or dad's friend actually got it from taping the actual show. Uh, Mike Corcoran. Uh, and this is, he's telling you he has this on cassette tape. I have by the it way. on cassette not tape. Not on MP3, not on CD, on cassette tape. Cassette tape, which I still listen to. What, kind of, what, what kind of cassette was it? At least a Maxell HD uh, tape or something? <laughs> no, it, it, it wasn't a. There were no 90 minute tapes back then. It was oh, like, it was a 60 yeah, minute yeah, tape? Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, it was. It was a. Uh, it was an early. Old you know how many people don't even understand what we're talking about right now. No, and they have no idea what. Because I even had the ones that were 120 minute tapes. Look up the word cassette, by the way. C a s s e t t e e. I didn't forget it. <laughs> uh, so what do you got going on late here? So we're gonna close you guys. We're, unless Stags got anything else to say before we uh, end our, our our show tonight. Packers Atlanta. Um, Nothing that Ari Gold couldn't say about. Well, Ari Gold might say something after the podcast. It's because D-Rex isn't here. He doesn't let me ever play my sound bites after the podcast. But after this one, just hang out. You might get an extra little bit. So for the Grateful Dead fans out there, this is a treat. This is off of the uh, So Many Roads box set. This is just the Grateful Dead who are just sitting in the studio, just jamming. And Jerry just decides to play a song. And everyone just starts playing along. And then they'll then they'll break out and then Jerry you'll, you'll, will tell them what's going on. So you'll enjoy for you, Grateful Dead. It's fans. a beauty. So oh.
is the name of that? Whiskey in the Jar, it's Whiskey called. Whiskey in the Jar. That's I the song that has that I Am a Bold Deceiver. Years, years yeah. ago. Yeah, right. I haven't heard that one in 30 years. Yeah, now. right. I haven't either. I just remembered it. <laughs> the whole song. Sure Where's it all? Well, Wackfall the Daddy-O. Wackfall the Daddy-O. Right. It's got great lyrics. It's a cool song. Yeah, it's a cool song. I guess that's Irish. I hope so. Yeah. Because I was walking across the Kilgarra Mountain. Met Colonel Pepper and his money he was counting. Fired off my pistols and I rattled my saber. Saying stand and deliver for I am a bold deceiver. Motion ring em, dum dum dum. Whack for the daddy o Whack for the daddy o There's whiskey in the jar. Them shiny golden coins sure look bright and jolly. Took the money home and I gave it to my Molly. She promised and she vowed that she never would deceive me. But the devil's in the women and they never can be easy. Motion Oh. 
It's a sacrifice for us, and Ari is going to tell you how. Sacrifice, Lloyd, like the kamikaze pilots used to do, all right? Today, you're going to learn how to sign a client. Oh, oh, exciting. <laughs> 